Oh my gosh, there's a new Alice game. Look how violent she looks. I bet she doesn't smile the entire time. She's kind of grinning on the God, front. God, I'm so stoked for Whoa, the journey. Look at that. Fucking A, dude. Is that Ugh. a screenshot? I don't know what it is. I think it is, which yeah, it is, is tight. Yeah, Fuck those game. guys. Let's just review Game They're pros. so <laughs> nice, too, is the problem. Yeah, let me see that. Like, Genova company. and Kelly are both the nicest people on the fucking planet. Yeah. And they just have a great company and make great things, and everything is fucking great. Ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? <laughs> wow. How did they? All right, so um, I'm uh-huh. a computer. Oh. Steve. August 9th, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs Podcast, episode 12. And I'm Chris Remo. I'm Steve Gaynor. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Bannerman. Hey! Hey! That's the first time I've ever done that and not been introduced. And the last. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Hard to say at this point. This is near the last one of these. Yep. Because Chris is a success. It is the dust. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, I said it is the dusk of the podcast. It is the dusk of the podcast. The sun hangs low in the sky. On the Idle Thumbs podcast. Long shadows. Long shadows of Chris cast across our faces. Weird. Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Officially, congratulations, Chris. Yeah, Chris is is going to Irrational Games in Boston. We're all very excited for him. (sighs) Yep. Congrats, Chris. cool. Thank you. We're sitting amongst his boxes. Yeah, my apartment is in shambles right now. Or in boxes, I guess, more accurately. Yeah. On, in some ways, it's more organized than before in that it's all in boxes. <laughs> everything is in boxes? Yeah. yeah. Um, it also is. is Yeah. It's post-apocalyptic. Uh, but yeah. It you, is, because there's just like a PSP on the ground. and oh, It's crazy flaming, in here. <laughs> flaming PSP. The skeleton of, <laughs> of a cyborg mouse. <laughs> Is hanging the skeleton from, like, of, a, of a UMD hanging out of the the carcass of your portable PlayStation. Uh, so yeah, you're only in town for a couple more weeks. Yep. Man, you gonna have any time to play any games between now and then? Uh, yeah, I've played some games. I played Civilization Five, Sid Meier's Civilization V. Whoa, how is yep. it? It's amazing. Did you play it in top-down board game mode? Uh, no, not really. Did you did you did it's... flirt with that though? Yeah, it's the it has the for people who don't know it has a uh and I'm what's called a strategic mode you can enable that's just a complete 2D top down uh you know hex based view of the game that looks like hexes a, yeah it looks like a super hardcore what you know, there's 2D just so war many game dudes that would see a hex in like a mainstream game and like <laughs> hex yeah 
Uh, that's Chris. He's that guy. I'm not. Maybe I'm not, not. I'm not quite that guy. If no, I, I that... bet, I bet, I bet, fucking Brecken is one of those guys because he loves yeah. really, you know, yeah. hardcore turn-based right. war games. Um, and I, I, I wasn't. Um... If you're Nick Brecken and you started to hyperventilate when you saw hexes in Civilization, please write to questions on Idle Thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Nick, but you're just basically asking Nick to write us <laughs> emails. What's happening right now? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't use the strategic mode very much. Um, and part of that is because. Honestly, a really big draw of Civilization V, and I don't think I could have expected how, how, you know, to what extent this would be the case, is that it's a really, really, really beautiful game. Uh, more than any other Civilization game, as far as I'm concerned, by a long shot. It's, would you say it's goddamn gorgeous? I would say it is goddamn gorgeous. Nice. Uh, it's really... Um, <laughs> what? I don't know, just in what way? The, it's like Anno... 1440 or whatever that was that game looked really nice yeah 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 i know 1404 is also is a beautiful game yeah that that game is a very yeah, um nice. that, that game is uh is beautiful in, in in sort of how it represents these cities and the people walking around and the beautiful lighting and everything um civilization 5 feels more like and this is because it's the scale of the game right but they do a good job at conveying the sense that you're sort of surveying this this big world like one of the things that they do really well in civ 5 um, and this is this is true of Civilization, but Civ in general, but Civ Five does it really well. Is creating the sense of, you know, you start the game, you're on your you're on whatever continent you start on. You you have your first city. You go around. You meet all of the the other civilizations who happen to also be on your continent. You run into barbarians. You in Civ Five now. There's these city states, which are small independent cities that aren't controlled by a larger uh, civilization. And you know, you you fully explore this this big area, and uh, and then at a certain point, you've kind of exhausted your you know how much you can do there and you you set off to find other continents and um you it usually takes a while to get to that point because you need to research the technology that allows you to go into the deep water and actually go really far away and the way that they do it in civ 5 is just so much cooler it's you know the it really feels like it's so lush and grand and and amazing and especially when you're playing you know the game that i played i was ran it was randomly selected for me to be the greeks so i got the kind of western music theme mm -hmm. and it's got this very stirring kind of adventure -y sound you know and you set it off to this other continent and it feels like you're embarking on this journey and you get there and then the other leaders greet you and you go into their big throne room and it's this full screen thing where you see you know queen elizabeth or or um you know montezuma of the aztecs or whatever and you know it's this it's this big audiovisual presentation and the whole thing just feels very grand it feels like the the kind of like the uh, i don't know the british uh, colonial era obviously a lot of horrible things occurred during mm -hmm. that time and like a lot of people were subjugated and obviously you know not necessarily like an admirable time in all respects but you do get that sense of it, it feels we're gonna like subjugate that. the shit out of well, these people yeah, but, yeah. Not just that, but also the hopeful parts about it you know like <laughs> I'm just kidding. explore the world and like mm -hmm. uncover this giant planet and like you know find all these new places and bring culture to all these things you know like the, the sort of idealized romanticized version mm -hmm. of that you know what i mean like it's a five and then you murder them yeah. you mentioned that the the greek music i guess kind of gave you a certain tone does yeah. that tone change based on who you have yeah that like you have more are, a conquering are, tone if you're yeah well they're 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 basically the way it works is unlike in civ 4 i don't know if you played civ 4 but yeah in civ 4 the music was based on era mm -hmm. so it would change as you progress. and i actually really like that but in civ 5 it's based on civilization and so it's split up into like mesoamerican <laughs> continent european uh, Asian and uh, God, I don't know, maybe African. I forget. Yeah, I, I Middle don't... Eastern or something. Um, and no. so you know, whichever oh, sorry, whichever one you 
to you know each there may be four saves for each of those categories uh and so you know it's based on that and there's peacetime music and wartime music and it it segues between the two depending on what you're doing Mm -hmm. um and it's really it's it's really nice music they did a really good job at least from uh, the particular civilizations i've heard so far they did a great job but What's uh, what's the ui like in that game it's really good. That's one of the biggest improvements. It's very, it's much cleaner than Civ Four. Civ Four is like tons of menus all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Civ Five, they've really done a, you know, I guess just by practice at this point, done a really great job of stripping it down to what's necessary at any given time. But it's not actually a less complex game than Civ Four uh, at all. To, to my, you know, to sort of my observation, uh, they've just done a much, much, much better job of showing you the relevant stuff at the right time and making it clear that they also have good tutorial modes like people who have never played Civ or people who have played Civ but not played Civ 5 you know and then it it teaches you what's different about this one I mean there's good good choices like that Um, I mean I love Civ 4 but it was my first Civ and I didn't feel like it was approachable really I had to really get my head around some like very new concepts no I kind of know how you feel because I went from I I played a lot of Civ 1 when that came out but I I never played Civ 2 or Civ 3 so I went from Civ 1 to Civ 4 and it still felt like a kind of a big a big Mm -hmm. yeah um, Civ Five is awesome, though. They, the the biggest, I mean, people have talked a lot about the hexes and the no stacking, both of which are really big deals. But to me, the the, the coolest addition is city states, um, which are individual, just one city uh, organizations that you know, like Venice is one, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will have, they will engage in diplomacy. They'll they'll attack people. They'll have their own alliances, but they they can't win the game. Yeah, right. Like they're not. A full-fledged civilization that can actually achieve so spaceflight or city states don't come and go. Like, there's no way for you to start as a city state and then sort of no. subjugate an additional one to become a civilization. Well, you can take over a city state, and but you don't. In, you don't start as one. No, you start as an actual civilization. So they're they're distinct. A city state can never have more than one city. It's always ever just that one city, and it's cool because it it adds kind of a like a status quo feeling to the game uh, that that you don't get when you know every single other player is explicitly trying to beat you and win, right? Like in, in, that's how Civ's always traditionally been. It's like one of these civilizations is going to win and all the other ones are going to lose. Um, and so you can, you have diplomacy with them and you have military alliances and, and uh, conflicts and stuff, but you know that ultimately none of you are on the same side. The cool thing about the city states is that they allow the world to just kind of like a certain percentage of the world can just kind of exist, right. you know, like they'll have their own conflicts and they'll fight you and you fight them and like stuff. Like the real but, world. Yeah, that's like the nice. real world. Yeah. Exactly. Not every single country in the world is like a crazy superpower that's trying to sort of win, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and I like that the city states in Civ Five allow you to just kind of have this nice ongoing relationship. And they it, it, do they tend to last or do they tend to get consumed? You have to work to you have to work to uh, maintain them because just naturally is that in your best interest? It, yeah, it can be because like over time, what happens is you're influence with them just decays so you have to keep boosting it by either giving them gifts or establishing mm-hmm. trade routes or just but why not them just murder them enemies. and steal their city um you can do that murder but they the thing is city states tend to be, murder everyone they tend to be really militarily strong because their entire focus is on that one city right so it's actually harder to take over a city state than it is to take over just some city of another civilization um but you, you can do cool things like establish like in civ 5 you know certain resources like horses and like uranium and and stuff. you know horses, <laughs> horses uranium <laughs> they're uh they're strategic uh, resources and they're limited in this game so you 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 know bug you, repellent you can <laughs> you you can like have 
hexes where you're you know raising horses and stuff but that only gives you that only gives you a limited number of horses so you can't make infinite knights just because you have some horses and so that means that these limited resources are really really important and one of the primary ways to get them especially really rare resources like uh i forget if it's uranium, uranium or plutonium i don't even remember <laughs> but you know those are you have they, to go to venice yeah you exactly oh, yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> it's what they do uh, <laughs> But yeah, city states Artisanal. are really valuable for getting uh, <laughs> yeah, the Tuscan, the Tuscan <laughs> uranium, <laughs> the artisanal, <laughs> yeah, uh, herbs, and it's what yeah. antioxidants. It's infused, yeah, yeah, all natural artisanal plutonium. <laughs> so that stuff is good. It's a good game. It's a really, it's probably my favorite thing I've played this year so far. It's um, awesome. I, uh, the, I had a question that just um, never mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's it's just, yeah. I don't know. You know, probably a lot of people listening to this podcast. Have have not necessarily played a Civ game or maybe haven't played them in depth, but I would recommend playing this game. Um, it's is it out? It will be out in a few weeks. It's pretty coming out pretty soon. Um, there's a really nice sense of just I don't know how to put it exactly, but there's a really great sense of just hopefulness and optimism about this game um, that it's just you don't see ever in AAA games these days. Almost, I mean, it's just it's not. Obviously, you're you know you're, there's war in it, and you're you want to win, but it feels like a game that's very like ah humanity progress. You know, like mm-hmm. they've done a really good job at every at like playing up all those aspects. You know, making everything seem very grand and very and you know I was talking to John Schaefer, the lead designer, a while ago, and he was saying you know even down to things like the fog that obscures the map you haven't uncovered yet. Like he was constantly telling the artist on that, like, make it lighter, make it lighter. Don't make it like dark smoke, make it like clouds, you know, make it really, this whole thing should feel very forward looking and progressive. And it shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what like the art deco UI feeds into that, you know, like it's the the whole game has this, and it really works. It's really, they did a great job actually achieving that in the game. That's cool. Because yeah, you you play it and you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, humanity. (laughs) That's actually the tagline. Yeah. The Civ Five is yeah, fuck yeah, humanity. Yeah. Dot dot dot. This is sweet. <laughs> or dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've I've noticed for some reason I'm I'm pleased with it on some level. Like uh, 2K seems to have this this sort of uh, stream of games that are like classy. Like yeah, like the, no, or, totally or the yeah. point of it. Yeah. Like the the presentation. Like right, have you they've seen... just been like taste we've got it have you seen seen the uh the the official logo for xcom yeah it's like really nice it's like a it's like an embossed like brass plaque that's like you know has like shadows cast under on like white marble i'm just like all right (laughs) that's cool guys uh and yeah like the bioshock logo and now civ 5 and everything yeah the intro to civ 5 uh is is great and it ends with that really cool like civ 5 logo going through all these different art styles throughout history right transition it's awesome uh i don't know pretty much everything about this game i like it's it's rad yeah i'll and, play it yeah it's good because i'll get a free copy <laughs> <laughs> but i will play it and then i'll tell you how i think of it on the phone not on a podcast <laughs> i'm willing to bet it'll be on a tweet mm, i bet it'll be on a tweet i might yeah you will tell him in 140 characters mm-hmm. only time will tell you playing who, anything? Steve? Who knows what the future holds? You playing? You, you games? dabbling in the video games? I think I did something. Clicking a cow, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I failed to click a cow. No, it's too bad. I apologize. Uh, what oh man, I Steve, I don't you will you will enjoy this. I I'm sorry. Video games. I real, real quick. Yeah, no, do it. Uh, in Civ Five, uh, you can 
they, they, they've really redone how diplomacy works in terms of um, like offering trades to other civilizations or city states and getting things in return. Um, and there, there's this whole interface for it, and it's really good. And uh, you know, sometimes people, you know, if you are just kicking the shit out of a out of a civilization, and they'll come to you and they'll be like, please. You know, we'll give you like fucking this and that and this and like a billion gold, like all our technology and like fucking billion things. And uh, and you're like, no, fuck that. And uh, (laughs) and uh, they're like, oh, you'll you'll live to regret this. And like one of your randomly selected responses is get over it. (laughs) Another one is deal with it. So those are like Steve Gaynor official phrases. I approve. Yeah. I I would have been most pleased if one was get over yourself because I don't yeah that is what you say yeah. I don't uh, think deal with it is also good though. yeah deal with it's in there I will tell them to deal with it yeah. yeah I was really happy in Mass Effect two when one of the dialogue options when talking to Jack was just get over yourself <laughs> you know I picked that <laughs> yep it's like pick um what I've been playing uh I've been playing this um DLC for Bioshock two oh, sure. oh yeah End. yeah. <laughs> This is a plug that just happened. I've been playing the upcoming uh, content here on the 2K Games podcast. No, I I don't know. I mean, you know, I I have have the writer and designer of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I worked with uh, two other level designers on it, but um, yeah, I was writer and lead designer on Minerva's Den. When does that game come out? And I would level design the first level, so I did a lot of stuff on it. When does it appear in my. It hasn't been said yet. Oh. Near future. It's not a long way. How many weapons does it have? Uh, it has one new weapon. Do you introduce any oh, new enemies? It has new enemies, yes. Oh, shit. Can you believe it? I it even can't. has a new plasmid. It I has can't. everything. It has a new kind of big daddy. It's a new story. Is there a new level? new. Yeah. Multiple new. That's levels. cool. There's a story extension. That's why I would want to play it, because I'm a stupid rapture whore. Anything Every, involving that world, Everybody feels this way. I, I think that's a pretty hom- commonly held... Yeah. Stories. People love them. And you created this story? I did. Sweet. I mean, it takes place in the world of Rapture in the Bioshock 2, you know, timeline. It's a parallel story to the main game. Oh, it's like you have opposing forest Bioshock 2? It, it's it's not as directly tied in as that. Okay. You don't, like, cross paths or anything. It's a totally new section of the city that So you don't see a big before. daddy walking around. <laughs> you do see some of those. <laughs> None of them are you in but the But you don't game. see one, like, sort of looking at you stealthily through, like, a window a few stories up and yeah. then appearing, like, behind a door and then... Yeah. You don't look out a window and see... You don't the see Gordon Freeman from the first game, or Gordon Freeman, or the G-Man. Oh, what? Um, sorry Why to, not? Sorry to disappoint. God, Steve. You might see a big sister out there. Is there anything in this game then? There's uh, well, <laughs> I don't see those things. It kind of depends on how you classify they're fish? anything. Yeah, they're fish. Oh, cool. They're, fu- in, they're in, fucking in, fish. Fucking in, 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 in. Okay. Vanaman sold. Day one. <laughs> Day one perch. Because we got fish. That's the that's fish. the subtitle. Uh, the second subtitle. We got fish. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bioshock 2, Two, Minerva's Den, colon, we got fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so look forward to those fish. There may also be one Idle Thumbs reference hidden in it. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's actually called, the second colon is then The Wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Minerva's oh, Den, colon, we got me. fish, Did all colon. you guys see the video of Jeff Goldblum saying The Wizard? I, I I was just so busy this week that I didn't click on that. Yeah, but I know I failed to click on it as well. Yeah. Oh, he says the words the wizard. I was too busy clicking cows. He also says he's a magical magical man. Right? He, he does say that. He describes the wizard as a magical magical man. So what is that from? The best. It's from he Top Gear. He was on Gear. Top Gear. He wasn't talking about. Oh, he was thumbs. on Top Gear. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I love Top Gear, so I should see yeah. that. Just in general. If you search for Jeff Goldblum says the wizard, you'll find it. It's a YouTube video <laughs> with your face next to it with a big thumbs up. <laughs> picture in picture. No. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, reacting in real time. 
Oh, you you should put up a like YouTube that. of that. Oh, like you know those watch yeah. videos of like yeah. people watching despicable horrible things. Yeah. Oh um, god. You yeah. should do one of those though. I'm just you going. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, wisdom he said it totally. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. I like that idea. It just it starts with you with your guitar, sort of playing the wizard to yourself, and then YouTube opens. What? What's this? <laughs> uh, he's the uh, the wizard. He's a magical, magical man. And then just your eyeshadow is uh, your eyeliner is dripping, dripping down your, down your face. face. My, my eyeliner. That yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. So you made. Sorry, I want to talk way. about DLC for a second because oh, I'm sure. kind of curious about this because Sean and I work at a company that turns around games quickly, and you worked on the Bioshock too, and then you made this uh, content. DLC, yeah. Yeah. Was it? How would you rate that? On a scale of, of one to ten, what? no. What are you just, asking I mean, him? The, the, it, it had to. What's have, the Metacritic score of your DLC going to be? It had, no, it had to have been. It had to have been different. Was it? Was it nice to work on a small thing? Or oh, do you, or did yeah, it make you? Or did it make you crave like, a huge game again? The answer is yes. It was good. It was sweet. It was Less good. A, yeah. I mean, you know, like if, if anything, like I guess if there was any downside, it would have just been there's kind of a continuation of the main project, just as far as. How much work we were doing, like, what the property now was, on, and stuff. On a di- Bioshock, uh, Bioshock's done anyway. More Bioshock, Bioshock too, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and it's like it's DLC, so you can't have a break in between. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's a schedule, and you know, this is coming out late as far as DLC goes, anyway. So you know, like, uh, I, I didn't really mind that. Mm-hmm. Like, I hadn't worked on you know Bioshock one, you know, and I like Rapture. I like the gameplay. I had more investment in it than a lot of people because I was writing it and overseeing it and everything but like uh aside from that no i I really loved working with a small team on it it, like small team in a big studio you know it's sort of like you have the resources that are if you you really need the extra animation time whatever you can maybe fight for it because they're in the building yeah and i mean uh, yeah and and we have uh you know the base game to work off of there's just so many knowns you know like okay you know exactly what bioshock 2 is because you just shipped it make more of that okay that's cool we can just mm-hmm. be creative within a really right. tightly that's defined nice. space yeah, you that's know? exactly what we kind of go through yeah did it, um, did it let you pick up some stuff that had been dropped from bio 2 that you wanted to do uh yeah i mean there's there's only one well i mean there's the higher level stuff just things that i wanted to you, you know soft targets that i wanted to accomplish like creatively like oh i'm more interested in more open-ended exploration of levels i want to push that in my level or you know i want to do a more personal story you know which you can do in like a smaller yeah, game of course, that's you perfect, know, like, yeah. um and just stuff like that but on a high level there were a couple of things that had been like prototyped or like oh yeah one of our programmers threw this together during production and we couldn't really get into the main game, but we could ship that now, you know, if we just polish it up and we, we so you ship that dynamic things. dancing system. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, uh, Parappa style beat matching, uh, <laughs> yeah. big daddy. <gasps> I'm glad it's in, but it's all sort of powered by weird vacuum tubes and punch cards and stuff. So yep. it's going to be sweet. Yeah. It is going to be sick. You've also replaced walking with vib ribbon. <laughs> Yeah, basically your iTunes is running and your guy's bobbing along to the beat and then you do sweet moves and go through flips. No, you do have to put in a CD. What? Preferably oh, an Ace of Base CD. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, working working with a small team is awesome. Just being like, hey guys, there's this problem. Oh, hey, maybe we should fix it this way. All right. Mm-hmm. And you just turn around and do it. You know, yeah, like cool. no, 
you know, kind of like chain of approval. We'll bring or that up in the meeting, sort of. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, it was just yeah, like, like I know. Let's do a thing. All right, let's do a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing the telltale version of that, where we were our our usual team size is like twenty, but right now Sean and I are on a team of six. And yeah, it's, it, that's even more sort of cool than but we're the, having the time of our goddamn lives. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it was the like game the game is weird, but yeah, yeah, but it but, is just kind of like do this, do this. And then we make so much progress, yeah. like minute to minute, you're like, the, you see it changing, yeah. right? which is really cool. We're at a point where our team is small enough that our programmer can work with our animator to solve, uh, like, the, it's weird. It's yeah. stuff that usually doesn't happen. It's no, it's, fun. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Our core team was like 12 people, um, basically great. that were producing the content and doing the programming stuff. And it could, you know, you'd just be sitting there and somebody like, Hey, I think this would be cool. Don't you? And it's like, yeah, that would be, yeah, go for it. And then you know, the game. yeah, that's yeah, fun. So cool. that's really Did you good. write, um, before... Like what was your, what's the process like there? Do you kind of design the overarching bits and then you write, sit down and write it and come back or like, cause I don't know, being a writer and designer at Telltale, like I know like I need that writing time to be kind of segmented out. Yeah. Like how does that work? Uh, it, it was a good thing to, to happen. It was a good thing to be able to do early on, you uh-huh. know, when there's like a lot of like when the maps are still just on paper, For sure. you know, and, and like the artists are still just like building meshes and like figuring out what the look of the thing should be, et cetera, right. et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot of the writing up front, but there was a fair amount of revision. Like that that was that's one of the best things about it is that we were a small team, we had a lot of autonomy, but we had the leads of the studio there for oversight. You mm-hmm. know, like um our lead designer Zach McClendon and our creative director Jordan Thomas from the original yeah, game for sure. didn't work directly on it, but especially early on I had like weekly meetings with them to be like, here's the script, you guys read it, let's talk about it. And they, you know, were really straightforward about like I don't really think this is working, Steve. Like, I know you're trying to make this be a thing people care about. I don't think it's coming across. What can we do about that? You know, mm-hmm. and just like having that kind of expert input on creative stuff, mm-hmm. like as opposed to just being totally on board and just doing mm-hmm. a thing, like it turned out way better than it would have if I was totally yeah. on oh, my absolutely. own, you know, it's super valuable. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the whole thing about being small team within a large studio and having support mm-hmm. on various levels, you know, is, is super That's good. Cool. Can so. I ask you how many, like how many lines of dialogue or like how long is that? Uh, sort of thing? Might, this might be, I'm just kind up. of curious. I, I, don't actually, I don't actually know. Okay. I don't know. But I'm I mean, curious as to what, how much content, like, yeah. a, like not so much that comes across to the player, but like what you had to do at a, at a keyboard. We can talk about it later off. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This sounds like a sure, conversation sure, sure. you want yourself. But, yeah. No, it was a, it, it was <laughs> Could a be interesting. It, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It cool. was good. That's that's I'm really excited for it. And I'm congratulations, nice. by the way. Thank you. I'm that's excited a, to have people play it. Yeah. Congrats, to Steve. What thumbs. Fuck Steve. Oh, good job, Steve. God damn it. Fuck Steve. You made a game. Congrats. What? And fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to say fuck Steve, the email address is questions.lthumbs.net. The address is questions at idlethumbs.net. <laughs> you put an it R in there so it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> If you get a bounce message, don't worry. That's don't worry, our, I still got that's it. That's our auto-reply. Yeah, <laughs> auto-reply. That's just a joke that we like to play on people. Uh, I've been playing some PSP games. I got a PSP. You have a PSP? I, I got one very recently. I, it, it was sort of like the PSP kind of reached a critical mass for me where I was like, there's a lot of weird, interesting oh, sounding yeah, games yeah, yeah. that are only on PSP. And then I basically, I I found out or realized that it has a TV out cable for like the slim version. So you can yeah. turn it into a real console. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, I never take my portable consoles anywhere. <laughs> like I play yeah, them no, at home. Either. And so I was like, oh, I can put it on my TV and sit on my couch and right. not like yep. hunch over a three inch screen to play this stuff. All right, fine. And I did it. So I got a bunch of downloadable games and stuff for it, for it and a couple of uh, UMDs. 
some UMB UMDs were acquired. You uh, did you ever play uh, Chris or any of you guys stuff like um, Jagged Alliance, for instance? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, burn! Oh, get it, burn! I'm just, <laughs> yeah, a long yeah, time yeah, like ago. a while ago when it was cool. What are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what Steve also means. <laughs> yeah, I, I played them. In high, I mean, those games came out a long time ago. Yeah. But um, when I, was a baby. I played them in high school. <laughs> I played them in high school when I was a baby. Yeah, a baby in <laughs> Whatever. high school. A high school baby, as they say. <laughs> Sounds like a movie. <laughs> featuring 90s dog uh, <laughs> some super smart baby goes to high school because he just gets advanced like yeah. through yeah. you know nine ten grades yeah uh, and when he's like, like some two. like this se- baby seniors are 12 grade <laughs> seniors are like hanging out in the hall with the psp talking about this like, like it's crazy game jagged alliance yeah you probably couldn't beat it it was really hard because you're a and baby, then the baby and then some yeah, girl's like baby. no this baby's cool <laughs> <laughs> and She's then the, the baby the baby gets the high score yeah and it sounds like Pac-Man when he plays it. a baby who goes it. to high school and is the video game champ? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's just he's, sounds good. He's not necessarily a video game champ, but also just to demonstrate his level of intelligence of and competence. Yeah. He, you know, he snags away the Jagged Alliance PSP and totally kicks everyone's ass at it. But it's from the 80s, so it's a Jagged Alliance stand-up arcade cabinet. <laughs> right. You have to roll yeah. down there. And, and they just keep doing... The Lynx, an Atari Lynx. They keep doing shot-reverse shot of, like... The arcade screen, which then, is just PC Jagged Alliance, and then cut back to the baby just like the, pawing at the, the joystick. The light button. blinking off of its face as you. Yeah, yeah, all the sounds are just that. Right, there's a Pac Man 2600 uh, yeah. sounds. Yeah, so this happened. Uh, so I anyway, that's that. that's on PSP now? Yeah. Oh, they, wow. that movie is available on UMD? Yeah, you can get High School Baby and High School Baby You can get two. that from GameSpot for, GameStop for like $2 now in a yeah. box at the back. Yeah, they, of the they bundled it with High School Baby 2. And College Baby, which was the <laughs> that was the direct to DVD spinoff. Yeah, direct yeah. to UMD. Yeah, he he, he was he, he he was one and a half when he went to high school, and then he at the end of High School Baby two. Yeah, he got skipped out of eleven. Well, then it was grade. College Baby calling babies first words. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's talking now. It's College Baby. That's, That's true. the answer to your question. That's when they introduced the talking dog, though I believe, which is now yeah, the two dog. talking dogs, or isn't yeah? Look who's talking now. John Travolta, I think. If I'm not mistaken. No, John Travolta is the dad in that movie. The dogs are Bruce Willis and, uh, fuck, I can't remember the Wow. Oh, shit, we got no. 50% of the talking dogs. Kirstie Alley? Look who's fucking yeah, college yeah, yeah. baby No, 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 Kirstie Alley is also, is a, is the, the mom or Yeah, something? is the mom. Okay. How do you, weird. <laughs> I, so yeah. what's going on, so Steve? Anyway, Jack Alliance. I played this. Uh, I, uh, I can you, tell you why. So you played this baby game. I was in that This movie. brilliant genius what? baby game. I don't want to talk about it. You are in, different you are in time. talking now? No, let's not talk about it. Okay. You, you were one of the babies and look who's talking now. Don't bring no. something up just so you can say, well, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is that's a podcast. Exactly why I bring were you a walk on and look who's talking now? I had a bit part. It's not, yeah, you know, it's not a big deal. Really? Did you? No. You were like seven when those movies came out. No, I was like, I was like 13. Oh, oh yeah, because it's the third one. So it's yeah, yeah. Ideas. But my sister was like, who's like four and a half years younger than me, is the market for that movie. That's why I know about that movie. Oh, okay. like it was around the house. Fine. I thought and somebody, I was in it. Yeah, I thought somebody was in it. I was all excited. <laughs> you were the baby. Yeah, I was actually the baby. The, the baby's body double. Because <laughs> when I was thirteen, I was thirteen. I was, I was small and hairless, and I would just body double. <laughs> There was that scene where the baby stroller went down the yeah. stairs. Just like, like, yeah. oh, I'm Sean Vanneman. Oh, that's the sound he made as you went down the stairs. Yeah, the baby I was just carriage. sitting in the stroller, like off stage, you know, and like there was like the stage hand, this like cute girl was like getting ready to throw me down. They're like, you know, I'm up for another part in like a different Look Who's Talking movie, like a lead. Just so you know, I'm up for College Baby. College Baby, I'm up for that. <laughs> if you want to hang out? 
Maybe. And then she's like, oh, I'm pushing down the stairs. <laughs> We're rolling. She's like, maybe you could like, help me do some uh, do some reads later. No? All right. <laughs> no, I'm shot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> uh, these impressions of being pushed downstairs in a stroller are not as good if you can't see them. I know. It involves lots of shoulders really bouncing in the face, yeah. sort of. <laughs> so how's that uh, PlayStation Portable? Yeah. Yeah. You playing Jagged Alliance? Yeah, I played... Um, <laughs> What, what, one of the so one of the reasons I was interested in actually buying a PSP was uh, uh, the, the the Metal Gear Acid games. Oh, those games uh, are good. Yeah, yeah they, I they like are, those games a lot. They are they are a turn based tactical gunplay series of games that are you know based on Metal Gear Solid, but they don't. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Like it's a it's a really cool the theme concept. of them is Metal Gear Solid, but the game design is. The card-based thing. Yeah, and it even... I mean, it pulls in some stuff, you know, just like... It pulls you, in people saying, Metal Gear? It does. <laughs> it does. Sweet. Uh, there's no voice, but in text, oh. there is Metal Qu- exclamation Gear, question, question mark, mark, exclamation point. I just yeah. like to see you, like, it's like two in the morning, and like the cast of the TV on your face, and but there's no... You're doing the voices. Oh. <laughs> Metal Gear? Metal Gear? Uh, I wish I had. Rachel's uh, like, what are you doing in there? Shut up. <laughs> Metal Gear? Uh, no, but they're, it, I, I didn't play the first one because I, I looked on Metacritic and, you know, basically it was universally the second one was better mechanically yeah. from everything I read. But I played all the way through it and it's a really great mix of... You know that that turn-based. I'm a character in a three-dimensional space, but you know, using turn-based kind of line of sight and stuff to have very stuff. tactical mm-hmm. uh, encounters. And then, so so the movement is based on you know action points basically, and you can run around or you can go prone to like crawl under things, and you can like press up against a wall and like knock on it to get a guy's attention and stuff like that. But then, yeah, all of your abilities are more like you know a Magic the Gathering style like card you know deck of cards mm-hmm. that you're drawing from so whether you can shoot a guy or like use a chaff grenade or use some kind of like special ability that's based on one of the metal gear bosses or something is based on draw order um i really love the game it, it has a great style and it really feels suited to the portable platform or to your hd tv yeah or to your to, big tv yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no but i mean like to the controls that are available on the psp yeah, sure. right because mm-hmm. like i played that's always played, my apprehension about those a lot of those larger yeah. scale PSP games. Is I, I played like Peace no not Peace Walker that's the new one. I played Portable Ops, uh, Portable Ops and I I couldn't fucking play it like the controls for like a full 3D yeah. orbiting camera. I agree just, that's hard for me. It only has one thumbstick yeah. thing and it's just like you can't do that. Like I don't know. I, at least I couldn't get my my head around it. I hear the controls in Peace Walker are better for uh, third person stuff, but this is like you know. It's turn-based, so you don't have to worry about being really responsive about where you're looking. Mm-hmm. Then it's all about, you know, choose a target and confirm your attack on him, not like, you know, aim and line up shots and stuff like that. I really like those games just in general. I mean, I think have I talked about Full Spectrum Warrior on the cast? I think I have. But like the have same you, I don't know. games that allow you to like kind of just think strategically about very like about action in a 3D space without kind of being uh Without having to constantly react. I don't know. I like that it right. can, gives you that time to think strategically about the yeah. space. And I yeah. really like games like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely suggest that that game, if you have access to a PSP and, yeah, you've ever played a game like Jagged Alliance and you kind of are, have that turn-based itch that hasn't been scratched for a while. I, I thought it was super good. It'll scratch your itch. Yeah, it'll scratch it. It'll scratch <laughs> it good. It'll be weird, but you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, you know, I've been playing some other stuff. I got some stuff off of PSN. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I generally am, am happy with the purchase, having found a bunch of weird, just sort of like quirky stuff, like Half Minute Hero stuff that you just can't find anywhere else. Yeah, you can borrow my PSP and play it if you'd like. Oh shit! I just made an extreme happy face silently into the Hooray! microphone. He's <laughs> doing it again. So that's my turn-based strategy thing. Look, I didn't Ooh, lean away it. from a strategy. <laughs> oh man! Okay, you're turning over new leaves just in time for the podcast <laughs> to really take off. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I know. A whole bunch of people like a couple, about a week or two ago were like, "Man, this podcast coming out every week now. This is great. It's so good." Oh, oh. It's the salad days of the podcast. No. Mm. Sorry about that. Uh, I think we should break for a second. Let's take a break. Take a right break. All right. Goodbye. The podcast is over now. I really See you guys. About Video you. game! Pretty much what all of my nightmares are now. I mean, not nightmares, but like all my dreams are generally just about like... Like, uh, a stupid thing about, happened. About uh. Just like, oh, a dumb thing at work. Stupid. Or like, that was a pretty good day at work. Cool. Are you having? And then I'll wake up and I'm like, "Oh, it wasn't even a good day because I was sleeping." What? Are you having? Are you having anxiety <laughs> dreams about moving? I didn't hear no, you. No, I actually haven't well. had any. No, I haven't had any That's dreams good. about I moving. I used to have dreams like the one you had I'm, in school. I'm, I'm stressed out, like in my real life, about moving already. Uh-huh. What? What? Oh, just I would have dreams like that in school. I never have them about work, but I would always have dreams. Where I was like, "Oh, I took a math test and it was really hard, but yeah. I think I did okay." Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> all that work on that math test. Yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> or like the actual math problems aren't solved, but the like the emotional duress of taking a right. test is fully experienced <laughs> yeah, and recorded yeah. in memory like, yep. perfectly. That's oh. what my dreams are like now. I've increasingly had dreams like that. It's horrible. You put yourself through the ringer. You're on the other side. And you're like, oh, thank God that's over. Yeah. And then you wake up and it's not over. Yeah. But in some cases, it's just like, oh, that was a better day than I usually have. I was like, you know, better day than usual. And then I and then I wake up and it's like, ugh. Mm. <laughs> I guess believe. it wasn't. It really happen. <laughs> but you can make it that day with the power of positive thinking. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the secret. Yeah. I was playing Stalker Call Appropriate and I saw a neat thing. And then it wasn't that neat at the end. Poop took a pee. <laughs> uh, I was dreaming at the time. I was dreaming about playing Call of Pripyat, but I was actually playing Far Cry 2 in my sleep. I kind of do. And then I and then there was a, a a storm in my dream that then caused a grenade to fall down a hill and blow up my car. It was hilarious. The end. Sweet. Then I woke up and I played a game. Isn't that great? Never yes. happened. Maybe that ever happened to you. What? Somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Video Oh, you're cool on cyborgs now? You're like, eh, hey, whatever. No, I said they're cool. Like he's always been cool. He's Steve loves cyborgs more than anyone. But now it's he's not like, really true. you are it's, a cyborg. I bet there's a guy. There's a few guys. I think there's some guys somewhere. Like the guy like, who changed his name to Cyborg, probably. Like. And got the full cyborg tattoo to make his arm look mechanical. Yeah, like the Terminator. Arm. The mecha tat. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who did the lizard tattoo. There's the guy that has a bunch of PVC statuettes of cyborgs on his computer. Desk. There's that guy who dressed up like Tron. Those aren't cyborgs. Those are inside a computer. Yeah, but he likes. He probably likes a cyborg. Yeah, I, don't, I think he'd be remiss to make that assumption. I don't think that Tron has direct overlap with cyborgs. I don't think it has any. Okay, overlap. fine. I just he has lights on his clothes, <laughs> <laughs> like going down his arm in a circuitry pattern. But I think I think an, I think your average cyborg would find that outfit to be garish. Does the cyborg strive to look like a human? Is that why? They, no, I just, they just want to wear like a nice shirt. But a cyborg ultimately has taste and doesn't want to. How do you, you know? know? I mean, this can is you program a computer. We've manufactured taste? a cyborg to have bad taste, so cyborgs you don't have to. 
aren't <laughs> Rodkin <laughs> Industries. <laughs> that this cyborg okay. wears a so Goku a silk shirt. <laughs> a cyborg is just a dude. It's a shirt of social it's invisibility. Honest. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that. <laughs> the cloak. I guess no, I if, get the, it. if there was a cyborg, he probably would wear a silk shirt with a Goku on it. <laughs> Maybe. What? Let's assume silk Goku. Let's yeah. Silk Goku. <laughs> Silk Goku. A silken Goku approaches. <laughs> Your party equipment. And then <laughs> Gunga Galunga. <laughs> Ugh. Can't you, wait for this. Chris podcast. has somehow I don't know, maybe <laughs> has magically uh like the readers have not picked up on Gunga Galunga. No, much to not. much to Chris's pleasure. Well, I control the fucking the Discord horizontal and the vertical here. I don't know. <laughs> So, if the three of us do a continuation cast, we're going to call it Gunga Galunga. Feel free to do that. With Chris Ramo. <laughs> Chris Ramo presents Gunga Galunga. Yeah. Hillary Clinton really did miss miss the podcast between episode 50 and the beginning of the Idle Thumbs yeah. podcast. So that's she, what that's actually what Hillary wanted when no, she gave that speech. What Hillary wanted was she wanted the Idle Thumbs podcast. She stepped away from the microphone. She, what does Hillary want? And then she kind of leaned back a little bit like, and said, The wizard! I just want the wizard to come back. <laughs> I just want those sweet That was when she was crying. That was why. Yeah. yeah. She was crying over there being no cast. Yeah. Well, now there is one. And Jake played StarCraft 2. Jake. We all played StarCraft 2. I, yeah, played Starcraft I did not, I have not played StarCraft 2. I'm the only person here. Steve didn't play it. Sean didn't play I it. I played it. You beat it. Yeah. I didn't it. beat it. I played it. Well, how much did you play of it? Two missions. So you're, player player mission. you're, still, you're still in that honky-tonk saloon with Warm. the skull. Yeah, I am. But Jake no. played what? No. And I just went to a ship. Oh, so you played like three missions. I'm in the I'm in the area of a ship. Yeah, I blew up some Zergs. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what to say about StarCraft Two. I haven't played a like the last time I seriously played a real time strategy game was probably playing about this far into StarCraft One. Well, that's the reason I I, yep. I want you to talk about it. And uh, I'm gonna actually keep playing StarCraft Two though because I'm uh, enjoying it a lot. Did you not play any of the Dawn of War games when these guys were talking about it? No, All I right. watched I watched some. Uh, I think like. Chris and I played like five minutes of Dawn oh, right. of War we played some co-op, and then yeah. just uh, uh, right. like friends came over to my apartment suddenly and interrupted my game, and then I never played it ever again, which was lame. But I liked that five minutes. StarCraft Two though is, is fun. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about it? It's really it's. I'm feeling really self conscious talking about StarCraft Two because it's like. Don't feel that it's way. It's the big strategy game, and blatantly there are people all across the world who have been. Doing nothing but consuming strategy or real time strategy since StarCraft One, whereas I'm like, oh right, I'll build a base and give it a little tech upgrade. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's probably yeah, a lot amazing. of people. Amazing. I think there are probably a lot of people who are actually in that in that situation. Yeah, StarCraft Two through I mean, the lens of Jake. That's clearly the case because <laughs> this game already has sold better than fucking like any other strategy game in several years. So obviously, not everyone playing it. That's true, been... but I mean, my impressions of the actual gameplay are, hey, this is like StarCraft Two, or <laughs> exactly like StarCraft Two. <laughs> Weird. Really similar. Just this is really like StarCraft One, only it's far cleaner, and I don't feel pissed off all the time. Right. But uh, like the the flow of the campaign through the first you know six, seven, eight missions so far has been really nice. Uh, it's fun. It, I like that it, the the stupid barracks stuff reminds me a lot of Wing Commander One and Two, which yeah, makes me really yeah, happy. Stuff, I love that. What stuff, stupid? Yeah. Oh, the, the where you can click on a jukebox. And stuff yeah, where like you can click on a yeah. jukebox or click on some dudes. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, this seems good. I don't know all the between mission stuff. The flow. Like the flow from playing a mission to rolling to the success screen to going to the cutscene to the barracks to the to then into the mission assignment screen and into the next mission. This is, it's stupid to even talk about that because it's obviously really well done. But 
No, I mean that, that's it, it what that's what feels, makes it stand apart it from feels so the original good campaign to me. Yeah. Like it actually yeah, feels absolutely. like a fully fleshed out progression between yeah. missions as opposed to just you completed that mission. Mission starts. You right. Know, oh, like, it's it's the the sort of the way that the rhythm of the game works through the campaign is no, it's, yeah. really and, nice. And they, strategy they do games are they're so intense that having something to let you decompress in like in the actual context of the game is really valuable. As opposed to having to walk away from right, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it's nice. And also the the what I mean, I think the writing in this game is pretty bad, so I don't really go around talking to everyone all the time. But there's enough stuff to do in there even without that. Like going into your armory and your research lab and kind of just browsing through like I oh, haven't even I gone to that yet. I guess you don't get to do that. I think that progresses. Like yeah. I'm just on the missions where I'm unlocking the lab and the armory and Because I mean so. I noticed that it keeps giving me money and I'm like yeah, don't it, think I can spend this on Yeah, anything. no. <laughs> Like you're probably two minutes away from unlocking. Stuff, yeah, pretty soon trees. there'll be a lot of stuff yeah. you can spend them on. But it's it there that serves a number of purposes. One of them is it gives the the campaign a sense of of persistence. You know, like this is my campaign. I chose to research this instead of that because a lot of them are exclusive. You know, like it gives you some investment into how you think you're better at playing the game, and even things that make the game more convenient. You know, like refineries that automatically mine ore without having to send dudes to them. Stuff like that um, is an upgrade you can buy. And but also. As you say, it gives the, the sort of decompression period, um, but also it allows the complexity of the game to unfold at a a slower but really organic and and sensical pace. Because you don't have every single unit available at the beginning, you you slowly unlock them as mission goes missions go along, which is not uncommon for RTS games. But also you can there are a number of units that you can choose to unlock yourself or not. Yeah, um, it's it, I. I've I've been playing through it on normal difficulty and I'm not like I haven't failed anything yet because normal isn't really that hard but it also does a good job of not feeling like it's telling you what to do or holding your hand the way like the way the mission replay system worked I thought was really really nice uh, and the way that the unlock and tooltip stuff works like sorry I'm sorry to everyone in the entire world that I'm talking about this stuff because whatever no shut up it's Keep going it's like it's all the stuff that I pay attention to like oh, this is the all right I will mention a thing that makes you want to shut up. I'm not going to mention it. Oh, God damn it. Just keep talking. Uh, Pretend we're not here. Pretend Sean's not here. Specifically. I got nothing. But it is it is really nice that... Uh, oh, oh. Failure. No, just the, 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 the way that the game manages sort of pack, passive versus actively holding your hand and telling you what to do is really nice. And the way that mm, yeah. new troops deploy and you sort of learn how that. to use them. And you get the little icon that shows up in the bottom right, which is a tip, which usually contains just enough to learn. But if you click, it brings up other stuff. Like there's no goddamn dialogue boxes in the middle of the first three missions, which I was expecting to be just like to have them just stuffed down my throat. Place, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. What I was going to say, and this is an example of the sort of crap that I do at my actual job, is that uh, when I when I first started up StarCraft II, I was like, oh, the installer's nice, it's got all this great stuff. Hey, there's the splash screen, and then the goddamn cursor showed up for two frames, and I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> the cursor showed up on screen before the menu, and I just, my brain immediately saw the Doom console scrolling by, and it was switching <laughs> modes, and I was mad that hundreds of millions of dollars couldn't prevent them from patching that out <laughs> before they shipped. I'm sorry, everyone, that I even saw that. No. See, that's... I approve of you. Jake. But that's like great. <laughs> the actual sort of management of intangibles like that, StarCraft Two is really good at, and it, it that may, makes me even more disappointed when they occasionally drop the ball on that stuff. Yeah, just yeah. like oh, I know what you mean. The way the the way the the in between things are really nicely fully three D, and like the UI of the mission select screen is actually represented in the world, and it flies into it. Yeah, oh, that is <laughs> that is Jake porn, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but also, just playing the game is fun. 
Sweet. <laughs> yeah. You know, building guys and making them walk around and fight enemies. I think that's what this game is like. Yeah, I did some of that. Pretty much what I it's did like. some of that. Not did any of your guys it. die? I've lost men in battle, yes. How did that make you feel? That was all right. Yeah. Okay. They, the, they, the, they, the they voice, don't want you to feel the, bad the voice, about it. The voice actress for the medic is the most offensive, stupid thing in the world. Yeah, it's really bad. Oh, most of the most of she's the writing like, and stuff in this game is she's really like bad. the one female character, and it's the healer, and she's like a sexy bitch in the dialogue. It's so oh really? Like, so she, like she's like, don't worry, I'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah that's like that exact stuff. kind of or thing. Or it's like, oh, it looks. Where like, does it hurt? Yeah, I I turned off uh the like voice uh confirmation of selecting units yeah. and sending them places. I did it before I even started playing the game just because I hate hearing the same voice clip did you not five hundred times. I didn't so f- I didn't Wait, do it. She says where does it hurt? You. Did she say where does it hurt? Yeah. That's so funny. Cause mm, Amelia's really. roommate who's this like who's a cool guy. He plays games and he's playing Starcraft 2 right now. But like she was asking me because they share a wall. She's like is there a game where somebody just asks you where it hurts a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's like, oh, because man. I hear Mark playing a video game, I think, and I just hear, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? And I don't know. And like, she's like, I don't know what he's playing. <laughs> yeah, that's and he's kind of oh, younger, but like a really nice kid. And yeah, uh, that's why I oh, turned that so shit funny. off. I just that's hilarious. Take it. I'm yeah. glad we helped you solve that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know he's been playing StarCraft too. So then it all kind of went. It's a good thing Jake together, right decided there. to call out the medic. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Oh. No, I, I've I found yeah. I found the the is there a game. <laughs> asks you where does it hurt. I don't know. That's my favorite question that's ever been mentioned yeah, on this podcast. Where it asks you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the voice the of the game. Yeah, itself. the character it hurt. Hurt. brain. Yeah, it's, it's WebMD. Yeah, it's is the game version of it's, physical well, therapy. It's WebMD Origins. Right. Yeah. Rising. Reckoning. WebMD Web Rising. <laughs> where does it hurt? <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> here and here. <laughs> uh, the doctor is in. <laughs> Why don't you get to write WebMD Rising, yeah. the video game, Jake? We just wrote it right yeah. now. Oh, but at uh, the end of all that, it just goes, you have bronchitis. <laughs> Or syphilis. Like, you think you have. <laughs> Ask your physician to be sure. Where does it hurt? This is for you. This is yours. Time to die. die. WebMD Reckoning said time to die. Die. Time to die. This is for you. A prescription. What? Yeah. Anyway. To die. You either. <laughs> a prescription for death. <laughs> you either have strep throat or it's time to die. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, web oh, yeah. Oops. Okay. Hmm. Oops. <laughs> so yeah, StarCraft 2 is pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy that video game. It is. Where does I, it hurt? I, I, There's also... yeah, I, I did find the yeah. writing kind of annoying, especially yeah. in the first level. It's just like... Everybody I, keeps saying I, that. Like, I, I'm I, just listening. I don't really know why I, it bothers well, me so much. I, I know why, I know really why it bothers me because uh, they took their, you know, uh, attempt at like, uh, so, you know, kind of like unspoken social commentary and just made it the main thing about everything yeah. that happens. Like, I'll, 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 use, I'll use an example, For example yeah. that I... That, that I cited a good thing from when I originally played Bioshock, wasn't working on it or whatever, but there's the, if you remember them, the PSAs, the public service announcements that are the characters Jim and Mary, and they're like propaganda, and the guy's like, 
what's the matter, Mary? And yeah. she's like, you know, oh, I hear they're telling people to stay in their homes now. And, you know, it's like a thing about, you know, that, that Andrew Ryan released to, to make the, the, the populace be calm and not freak out about, you know, like Atlas's terrorists, basically. And, like, when you listen to it, they appropriated a lot of the buzzwords and language of, like, Bush era, you know, like, post 9-11 mm-hmm. stuff about just, you know, like, go out and shop to help the economy. It's, you yeah. know, the rapture way of life. And, and like, it was 100% in the background. Like, you had to go through an area, leave, come back, and now this thing's playing just ambiently. And you have to listen to it and be like, whoa, that's like what I'm hearing on the news. That's a cool parallel to draw. Whereas, like, in the first mission of StarCraft two, you know, like it's just TV like... Reporter? you're just in the mission and like you hit a trigger point and the bad dictator soldier guys are like let's take out these insurgents and it's you and it's just like i uh, i fucking get it guys like you know and it's just like so heavy-handed that it it grates on me Mm -hmm. a lot just that kind of stuff you know some of it also seems to be down to the voice acting like i i I finally got to the cutscene like finally finally after 20 minutes or whatever 40 minutes of that game uh it seemed like finally because i don't play games and i'm a baby but you get oh you agree that you're a baby you get yeah like i'm the college baby but you get you know you sort of get through the tutorial planet and you get up to your ship and there were some nice cutscenes there and then big stomp and blue cigar guy showed up again and immediately ruined everything because his voice actor is the worst uh but if you're listening like he, he's thanks uh, for your he's great but like <laughs> like the beginning of the opening cutscene where he says it's about time but instead yeah. it's like it's about time or like it was like what you botched <laughs> your one line read in the pre-rendered opening cutscene it was really odd that guy he makes me mad. But he also had like 70% of the dialogue in the first like right. first leg of the game. The thing with voice acting is like for that to be good, you just need one, you need a voice director who's owning it being good. And if there's like too many people in the room, there's so many different things that can make a good actor be bad. And it's not even the line. It's not even what's written down. Like, Though sometimes that doesn't help. It, it's true. <laughs> it, can, it can detract. But like there are a lot of intangibles, I think, to voice acting where it's like if you just have the right people in the right in the room at the right time, You'll get good lines out of mediocre, good reads out of mediocre lines too, unless you give them imp- lines give that them are impossible time to, read to die. Well. Yeah, yeah. The, the main times, and there aren't lots of instances of this, but the main, the main time to die, <laughs> the main instances I've found where where I'm I I will occasionally be pleased by a line of dialogue or a, a read in StarCraft Two is when you know Jim Rayner fucking like good old boy maximum old boy good is just like out of the, everything out of that guy's mouth is just like well shucks i don't know what they say in that fancy confederate confederation but i like people to be free you know it's just like everything out of his mouth is just like that right and every once in a while someone else on his ship will respond in just like a normal human way that totally deflates his just like fucking well, like, That's that nice. shit and like yeah all right good <laughs> that's awesome like yeah so, I, I haven't heard that sometimes they'll hit that and I'm it's really effective and good and i'm like yeah that's super jesus good. finally like uh, here I, I here's a parallel draw just because i i saw this movie recently i had never seen uh big trouble in little china before have you guys seen I've yeah seen years ago, yeah yeah i mean everybody saw it years ago i just saw it for the first time like a week ago um but the thing, I mean, pretty awesome, you know, over-the-top, ridiculous John Carpenter movie from, from the 80s. Uh, but Kurt, Kurt, Ruckel, Kurt Russell's character Kurt in Ruckel. it. Kurt Russell. He's a cool actor. Uh-huh. I liked him. Kirk Rasko. <laughs> uh, Donnie Brasco. Uh, That's what I was going with it. No, but uh, Kurt Russell's character in the movie is basically just like an audience cipher. And every line 
it just seemed to be what would i say if i was in this ridiculous situation right now so most of his lines are just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> or like you know i don't think that sounds like a good idea like he's just like not a movie character you know and he's a video game character not not really i mean that's the thing is like so much so much stuff is uh just like going along with it and that's the thing about that movie is everybody else in the movie is you know like just fully bought into with this yeah weird they're, they're shit, like yeah. they're like oh it must be this spirit and, right. and, you know he just like doesn't get it he's just not yeah. buying it and i so that sounds like a really nice part of starcraft where it's just like here's a guy that's in the story you know being like i'm the good old boy that's gonna free everybody and they're like all right, so you're going to get on the shuttle or right, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so that sounds good. I want to see that. Yeah. You want to hear those two lines of dialogue in the whole yeah. game? I don't mean yep. to paint the impression that's what the game is generally like cuz most of the time I, I it's weird to me because I really like Dawn of War 2, I feel has worse writing than StarCraft 2, but it didn't it didn't bother me as much maybe because you're not actually put in like the same shared 3D explorable space in Dawn of War, whereas you are in StarCraft 2. Like, that's the strength of StarCraft 2, but it also highlights but that yeah, weakness. It feels like StarCraft raised all, like, every aspect of the yeah, game exactly. is way heightened with, like, all the between-mission stuff. They put a lot of focus on the characters. Yeah. They have all of their cutscenes are, or most of them are in-engine, so it sort of is always the seamless transition between the game unit, the cutscene unit, and the, and the between-mission stuff. Yeah. But then what they're saying and how they're saying it is so bland and stupid that yeah, it just exactly. makes everything else seem not quite as cool. Like, right. those the cutscenes are all pretty impressive yeah, for real for real time and, even, and engine stuff. Even like the but loading just... screen with the battle cruiser, that's just a static shot of the battle cruiser. Like for being just kind of aliens inspired, whatever, like it looks really nice. Like yeah. all that stuff is really good looking. Well, and it just the, and it bums like me the, out that the, the minor touches in the cutscenes, the few that I've seen, have been really, really yeah. cool. Like, yeah. I mean, just a couple of shots, like the actual resolution on the textures isn't that high and the models are like It's because they're you know, an engine, yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's only kind of an excuse. They could. It's a cutscene. They could have upped the. I'm res sure it's because the they shit. don't want it to take forever to load. That yeah, model. but I mean that said, like you know, there there was a couple of shots where you know it was just like a close up on Rainer's eyes or whatever. And I'm like, yep, looks like a person looking around. Yeah. Like you know, not that like photorealistic, really well but just yeah. like it all of it has the movement in the direction, eyes and everything. Right yeah, yeah move, and like the thing that I remember the most, honestly, is it's like this you know third cutscene or something when. The guy in the big blue space marine. You talking uh, about when he puts outfit. a cigarette out on a fly? No, not that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's prior to that. I'm God talking about when. It. Really? I'm Ugh. talking about when he's Come sitting on. at the bar and space marine guy comes in behind him, and they do a close up shot of Rainer's hand going from his drink and like creeping really slowly, like pinky first across the table, like towards, right towards the, the handle of his gun, and just like the animation on the hand, just so good, right. just like yeah. They got tanks, like, the mood of that. You're like, oh man, sweet you know, space western, good stuff. And then just, yeah. looks like you're back in the business, ba doop, ba doop. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. But I mean, it, it doesn't look cartoony. It's really dramatic. Yeah. It's like somebody would move their hand that way. And it was really, like, yep. kind of striking to me, you know? And then, yeah, the broad strokes are much less interesting. Yeah. But it's cool. It's fun to play a game that's nicely done that also blatantly had all the money. Yeah, I'll play more of it. I, I started playing on casual because I was just like, I do not care about casual. being good at this. Uh, yeah, but casual is like just too, just like zero. You don't have to pay yeah. attention to anything. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it to normal. But yeah, uh, uh, normal's probably good. I've been playing on hard, and it actually is. You know, it's tough. Yeah, like it's a, it's a tough experience, but it's it's good. It's like for me, it's like the perfect balance. I really, yeah, I, I, I can't get, imagine playing it on the hardest one. I, I feel like playing on casual is like for people that 
have never played a PC game before right. or something, yeah. you know, whereas like normal, I guess, is more for people like me that really don't play RTS that yeah, much yeah, yeah. and they're picking up StarCraft 2 yeah. as a thing. Have either of you guys, well, you probably haven't, Steve, but have you, Chris, gone back and actually gotten any of the achievements or replayed the missions on a higher difficulty and that sort of uh, stuff? Well, I'm, most of the achievements are for hard and I'm playing on hard. Okay. But actually, that, I forgot to mention, but yeah, the achievement design in StarCraft 2, I think is fantastic. Yeah. There are some that are really dumb that's just like, talk to everyone, which I don't do. But the ones that are actually related to the missions, I think are really good well, because like, they point you <clears throat> towards ways you could have played this mission better and they make you think about what strategy should I actually have employed to achieve that thing, you know, like for example, the Zerg are taking over, like progressively over the course of the level, taking over Terran settlements. And the more they take over, the harder it is for you to win because you have to destroy all those infected settlements. Um, and you know, then you see an achievement, and it's like prevent the Zerg from taking over three settlements. And it's like, oh my god, the way that I played this would not have done that, even if I, you know, like, like I, the, I need to the think. The very about first that. Zerg mission I saw the achievement at the end that was like find and extinguish the Zerg nests, and it was like, oh yeah, right. I probably should have done that instead of just sitting guys right at the edge of where they keep walking into my fog of war. But see, that's cool though. I like the I like I think the mission design is really great in that respect because you can just straight up do what they tell you to do, like protect this convoy, just do it, just do that. Yeah, do or they, you do can they go show out you your those way achievements and... before you play the mission. No, they show you them. No. They show you them after the first playthrough. So can you, you can you pull up a menu while you're playing it? Like I mean, it seems I'm not like sure. it seems like you would kind of want to be able to know what. I haven't actually tried to look for the achievements in the mission. Anyway, just a. I, I mean, I've I, only I seen them at the end. The, so. I kind of like the way they do it because it me because it makes me f ambitious when I play the game and when I do inadvertently hit those achievements before I even knew that I was trying to, then it's really cool. Like if I beat it on the first yep. time and like do go like kind of above and beyond what the basics are, and then I get an achievement, I'm like rad. Yeah. I actually went out of my way to. Yeah. Well, that's the if you go back if you go to the replay campaign screen now that you're on the on the command ship. Yeah. It looks like they did try really hard to build the single player missions around the notion of replayability. Like it, yeah, it encourages you to try rolling the difficulty settings around and trying it again, and it yeah. encourages you to go and try to be a completionist. I mean, you could you. I'm sure there's a way to look it up so you could you could perfect your first playthrough. But um, well, I mean, or just like you said, know an interesting way to play it the first time you play yeah. it. Like, oh yeah, I should go look for that Zerg. Well, nest the way I'm that it's helped for me is that as I play those and it says, oh well, if you were smart, you would have done this. Then the next time I encounter a situation that's similar. That's what I, I, ha about. I have exactly. the tool in my mind of like, oh, I bet I could actually rock this one that's versus cool. just feeling like a fool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how I, that's the two ratings that I have internally. <laughs> rock this one or feel like a fool. Um, those are like your two albums. That's my, well, that's, that's, those are you two had songs. rock this one, which was your debut and then your sophomore. Feel, was, like, a feel like a fool. Feel like a fool, yeah. <laughs> that was the EP, actually. When you were in that hair band, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was when in a hair band one time when I had hair. That wasn't, yeah, well, that wasn't a dig until I said it. Until you said it. Yeah. You fucker. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that reminds me of. Uh, did any of you guys watch the the thing that uh, Chris Hecker put up this week on the web? It was his talk from GDC. Maybe you actually saw it at GDC. I covered that. At okay. Are you talking about the are achievements or achievements considered harmful? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw you conversing about it. I didn't. Yeah, it. it was just interesting because he he basically he he <clears throat> he basically looked at the idea of achievements as just generally being assumed that they're a good thing that people like, right. you know, and that they're fine mm -hmm. and and kind of did a lot of research uh through various books and like psychology papers and stuff to see like does it seem like the way achievements are used actually is good for people according to all this stuff and you can watch the talk if you want to find out about that but um just what you were saying or what you guys are saying about that uh is a good example of you know a pretty straightforward kind of like basic thing about uh achievement and reward in general which is like that people get way more satisfaction out of 
unexpected not exactly. not not right. random but like unscheduled yep. rewards where it's exactly. just like i'm doing stuff i'm gonna do stuff uh maybe i'll try this ding and somebody says like oh that's really good well that's you know a- and and then you feel really good about yeah. it whereas if somebody was like oh hey could you do this and then you're like all right and you do it and then they're like thanks for doing that that that's, was good you feel yeah. way that's less a, good a about it. exactly true that left for up, dead achievements uh, also pull that off really in the well. talk sean that you you were in with tim schaefer and rihanna pratchett at gdc it came up, I think, the idea that in comedy games, when yeah. when the game is written to anticipate things that you're going to do but doesn't tell you, is when it's maybe the funniest and the most rewarding. Like when you do a weird a weird item combination in an adventure game, or like in you know, are you? Well, the example we were talking about was your story of uh, peeling out on that dude's face. <laughs> Had the game kind of been kind of like, oh, what if somebody peels out on this guy's face? Right, like, if that, like if that, oh, my beautiful face! Yeah, if that yeah. guy had had a line yeah. with it, to would go, oh, jeez! That would have yeah. been amazing. Yeah, be and, uh, yeah. I mean, just the thing that probably... I, well, that's I know, a good design across the board, yeah, whether it's an achievement or it's a comedy response. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the thing I remember from fucking the original Sam and Max Hit the Road, where you just... You do stupid you, shit, and they're like, oh, yeah, hilarious <laughs> joke about well, what you just did. Yeah. Well, specifically, like, you keep telling when Sam to pick up a thing that he can't use. Yeah, and they right. had that whole thing where it's just like, no, seriously, I can't use the thing. And he starts crying and then blah, blah. And it's like, you know, okay, we know somebody is going to keep clicking use on this shelf. So let's do a thing, you know? Right. And, and then it, when you find it, it's a, it's a huge reward and you feel yeah, like you... And yeah. like, I'm talking about it 12 years after right. I played it, you know, kind of thing. Um, and yeah, like I, there's there's some stuff where, you know, we try to do that in a couple of places in, with dialogue in from, you know keying off of bioshock one and we tried to continue it in a few places where like we know a player is probably going to do this so let's listen for it in script and have like the bad guy that lives in this level say something about it when you do that right you know? and that's great whether it's yeah. a, a reward in a game or a meta reward like an achievement that's always better than it just saying shoot 300 guys absolutely yes. yeah. yeah completely yeah. yeah uh so that's cool yeah i playing on casual i'm i'm hardly getting any of the achievements i just get like the one achievement that is yeah. finish the mission played game I, I think some of them <laughs> require you to be on higher difficulty level. yeah mm-hmm. uh, when i replay it on normal yeah even some of the missions is just beat it on normal like oh. yeah or it's like you know <laughs> well, a lot of them destroy all of the enemy like, units achieve all on normal. like mission objectives because there are there are bonus mission objectives that are given to you in the game but are not required right to like beat the mission. where a settlement yeah. pops up that yeah. wants you to go do something with it or whatever yeah so yeah. it's like achieve all bonus mission objectives on normal difficulties yeah yeah, yeah. So even if you did them, you couldn't get the points. Because I did do them. I didn't get the points. Because I was a cash. Owned, owned. Owned and uh, owned. I hear that's a pretty sweet game. That's it's a good game. Say. I really like it. So was the, the thesis of Hacker's talk that achievements are bad? Or is it more nuanced than that, which is achievements have become this thing that we all assume is good, but actually so, what's good is good design? Well, the, the highest level, the, the highest level like aspect of the research is that people... Uh, lose natural engagement with yeah. wanting to do something of their own volition if they are materially rewarded for it right okay. so and and achievements may or may not uh amount to a material reward depending on how people think of them like how you, they're implied like how you, they're applied like you get points for them right and right. so if you're like oh i'm playing this game to get these points you will have less yep. natural inclination just to play it you know because mm-hmm. like there were a ton of research uh uh like you know experiments done um where they would have like one group of people come in, like for instance, children, you know, come in and draw pictures and like one group, they were like, Hey, just draw some pictures. And they just didn't give them any feedback. They're like, you know, thanks for drawing those pictures. We need you to wait here for a while while we go, you know, tell your parents or something that we're ready to go and then come back. And then a different group of children, they like, they're like every, you know, picture that you draw, we're going to give you a cookie or something like that. And then the third group, 
you know, it was like every, you know, they, they would come in sometimes and just say, Hey, I like that picture while they were working, you know, and I think it was the kids that didn't get any feedback at all. Um, like in that like you know 10 minute interim when they left and said they had to do something they like kept watching them through two-way glass and they would just keep drawing of their own volition but like the kids that they basically paid to do it they would just universally not draw it anymore because hmm. they were like they i'm not getting cooking. paid for this yeah. fuck it you know like and and they did a bunch of different uh studies with like college age people and you know all like solving it was basically the same thing with like solving puzzles and it was mm -hmm. like if you got just sort of like unscheduled verbal feedback that like hey that thing you're doing is cool or just no feedback at all and the thing was its own reward they would like continue doing it but getting paid or, or like doing it for the 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 reward as opposed to the behavior yeah. itself would cause you just to totally lose interest naturally well, and there was that's a there's a good well, I mean, it's interesting I, research to quote yeah. just in the fact that like you're talking about a production you know whereas like you don't really think about engaging a video no, no, game as production I mean, is more you, sort of like you should watch just the, accomplishing tasks you should watch the thing it, yeah, a lot of it wasn't it even accomplishing some of it was just like there was like a thing like you know some puzzle that you could play with there were like a series of them that you could like try to solve you know but they mm -hmm. weren't like giving you uh it, it wasn't like you were doing some kind of labor like that was another thing we've this had. soccer ball yeah like <laughs> there, there was another distinction they made was there was like there was there were inherently Snakes. interesting yeah, tasks just, oh, and okay. like uh you know whatever whatever the opposite was like dull tasks like you know um unengaging tasks. labor and things like yeah that, and yeah. so like people that were just like okay fucking nail these two boards together as many as you can they did more when they got paid because they had no interest in nailing two boards together naturally right. but if it was like here's an interesting thing that you would enjoy doing for the act of doing it you know like a rubik's cube or something like that the people that they were like, we will pay you a dollar every time you solve this Rubik's cube. They would they once they started doing that, they would only do it to get paid anymore. Okay. They did research yeah, with animals and all sorts there, of stuff. There's a good I, I forget if it was a TED talk or what, but there's a good talk that's entirely about this where they looked at different people, like different countries, different jobs, um, different pay scales, and they found out that yeah, as you assign kind of a bonus structure, um, in many cases, particularly in creative oriented jobs, you get worse work or no work you know it, there, there's kind of a um you know like a supply demand curve where there's an optimal point where you want to pay people enough that they're they're not destitute and they're not you know like they're comfortable but yeah. you don't want to get to the point where they're reminded of it so frequently that they just purely associate it with the reward exactly. and that's the danger yeah. i think with with achievements when you look at you know sites that like so heavily focus on like tracking your achievements, getting all this and think of it like, oh, it's my gamer score and I've got this cumulative thing I've got to feed into. And it's like if that becomes the the framework in, you know, in which you see these games that you're play, buying and playing, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it stands to reason that you're going to associate that reward with the points more than you're going to associate the actual act of engaging with yeah. the, you know. And you'll, you'll definitely see that sometimes on forums. Yeah, for you sure. Know, Absolutely. Like, like gamer yeah. forums where it's like, Oh man, I could get a bunch of achievements if I played that. I'll pick it up, you know, as opposed to is that a good game kind of yeah. thing, you know, or, you know, yeah, I, I felt like I hardly got any achievements when I played that, you know, fuck it. Or, you know, this, this thing, you know, this downloadable game only has like 200 gamer points in it. It's not even worth funny. the money. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, it, what if the thing that you're paying money for is to enjoy it, you know? Right. And, yeah. and, and I like that in StarCraft 2. I mean, I guess it connects to WoW as well, like the blizzard types, the cross-game achievement system. But really, you know, the points that I get for achievements in StarCraft 2 are fucking meaningless. Like, no one's going to fucking see that, and it doesn't connect to any broader system for me personally. Yeah. So I like that they're just there as these, 
like interesting goals that come up from yeah. time to time and it's that I can discover. I mean, they're, they're totally self-contained, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not thinking about them in the context of this like value that I, right. that I have compared to oh, other things. Yeah. And like Hecker's talk, he, he was sure to frame it as not like a conclusive thing where he's like, yeah. here's the answer to achievements, but he's like a bunch of research seems to imply this stuff. So maybe we could, should think about it more deeply than yeah. we do. But I mean, I think that stuff like the Starcraft achievements are a better example of just like, Oh, Hey, here's a thing you could do. If you just happen to do it, we'll tell you you did it, uh, and that that's a yeah. that's a thing. Like acknowledgement is different from reward, basically. You know? Right. So yeah. Two things that I had to say about Starcraft that I forgot. One, I didn't know that the name that you put in at the beginning is permanent. Uh, yeah, right. So my name is just Games. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your Battle.net name now. Yeah, my Battle.net name is Games. <laughs> Sorry, it's not video games. Uh, I, I prefer Games. It's, it's more that's professional. Hilarious. Mr. Games. Okay. Um, and the second thing is the armory dude just looks like a dwarf from World of yeah, Warcraft. Yeah, he looks like a World of Warcraft like just dwarf. just straight up, they yeah. just stole that oh. guy. It's funny, though. I was it's like I, the same skeleton. Yeah, no, that's what know. I was thinking, too. He's actually not as short as one. I I, I went and, like... Yeah, he's a, he's a he actually, an elongated he's dwarf. basically the height of a dude, but, yeah, he, he looks very much like that style. Yeah, with, like, his, like, suspenders Big stuff or whatever. Big ruddy nose. Yeah. And like, yeah. Dwarfman. And a, a sledgehammer and an anvil. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he basically looks like a... He lives, forge, he lives in Volcano. He'll forge you a broadsword of well, he'll, he'll, dragons, He'll crystal. forge you a fire well, bat. He's like, the, he's like the motorcycle club version of it. Yeah. This guy sh sh probably rides around on like a fucking hog. Hover hog. <laughs> and an actual pig. And in WoW, he rode around on a hog. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a tusk, a boar. An or. An orc, a boar. An orc, orc. boar. Bork, orc, orc, bork, what? bork, bork. That's a happening. Swedish, boar. Swedish chef, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he rode around on the Swedish chef. Yeah, it was a cross, in, in, in WoW. It's cross yeah, IP. It was, it was one of those market. special twenty dollar mounts you can buy. Yeah, right. <laughs> bork, bork, bork. They're probably not twenty dollars. Bork, bork, bork. What else is going on these days? Oh, you know games. Ooh, mm -hmm. Oh, weird. you're talking about my uh, my Battle.net account. Oh man, have you played Achievement yeah. Unlocked too? Fuck yes. yes I yeah. did. I played Achievement Unlocked 2. I only played the original I've not. I've not yet completed Achievement Unlocked 2, but it has downloadable content, which you unlock by pressing a button, uh, Like and multiple levels. It's good. New songs. It's very good. Oh, really? It's, new well, songs? This has got a new, it's got well, a new song. New song yeah. does it, does it I think have, it has two songs in the game. Does it have that elephant? It's got that elephant. It doesn't have that elephant. And, and, and the music. music. You just can't stop. I couldn't stop. I could stop this time. There were too many achievements for me to complete in one yeah, setting. It's incredible. It also long. has co-op, apparently. Yeah, I haven't played the co-op yet. There's also a time trial. Yeah. They went all, it's got a piano in so it. So they made it a real game. Yeah. They made it a super, very real game. Sort it's still of, free. but I mean, it's still the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you, you, as you earn achievements, you can go into a room through a door on the side of the level, which then has Achievement Unlocked DLC, which is just additional screens. So as you... Yeah, you it's, don't have to actually pay money. You don't have to pay I money like for it. it, but they all have cheesy video game names and stuff. It's very nice. I approve. You'd yeah. like it, Steve. With that I, elephant and that music. <laughs> yeah, you just you will I probably won't be will, able just to won't stop. Be able you will to not stop. be able to stop. I'll play it. Achievement unlocked. Two. Two. The sequel. The achievening. Rise of the sequel. The achievening. Achievement unlocked reckoning. Yeah, it's good. Those are generally the titles of the DLC, actually. The return. Yeah, they actually are pretty much that's pretty much what the DLC is called. Good. So yeah, it's been the games, good world games, games world. <laughs> okay, world o games. Okay, we're fucking losing it. Uh, you you want to take a break and do some reader mail? We can oh, break. Do you want to hear something? Un what do you have to hear? Multi break. Uh, I'm playing FIFA. Oh yeah, how's that going? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about FIFA. I'll I'll talk really quickly I'm about sports watch. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Well, I mean, 
I was playing it with a. Steve I played it co op. Completely. Steve just down. falls out of his chair and sleeps on the floor. Well, like, I mean, it has all the elements asleep. of a game. I mean, if you take out <laughs> of a game that we would talk oh, about. Oh, that's good. I played it cooperatively with uh-huh. my roommate. Tell and, us the elements. It's got, like, men uh, that run around in a world. Yeah, but I mean. It's got, you got your guy and the other guys. Yeah. We were on the same team, um, hence the cooperative nature of it. Uh-huh. And, but, like, you know, we pick our squad. We decided to be the Irish team. We're going to start, like,. And try to get all the way to the World Cup. Is that like a race in a video game? Is that like when? Yeah, you yeah. We we yeah. picked we picked our our, our guild or uh-huh. our class. Yeah, we picked our class. Uh-huh. Um, in our race, Irish, our racing class, Irish. Yeah. Um, you have like character customization with colors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can change your jersey. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a sweet exactly. video game. You can you unlock your new jerseys. No, no, they're they're locked in. I think you no, but you can build a star and then RPG him up, which is really cool. Okay. And you have to play him the entire time. Like a role playing video um, game. Right. Yeah, it is that. They definitely have An all RPG. these RPG. Anyway, what were you actually doing? Oh, well, we were trying to win. Um, oh. Is what we were trying to do, but we're on the same team, and, like, it feels like one of those games that, like, it's almost like, it reminded me of, like, Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow, actually. Really? Um, and the fact that, like... I never played Pandora You're tomorrow. playing cooperatively um, with a very sort of, like, like, offense and defense you have to play completely differently, and that's changing, obviously, dynamically by who has the ball, but being able to, like, it feels like one of those things where if you can pass and kind of have that sort of shorthand with the person you're playing with, who kind of can read the field the same way you're reading it, so they're going to pass the ball, then render a certain spot, and then kick the ball in the goal. Um, you could just destroy everybody on the planet, including the computer on the hardest level. But if you can't do that, um, it is a comedy of errors where you're just running into each other and knocking each other out. And Adam had two own goals, like where he kicked it into our goal. Yeah. But do you, it's do you feel- run into each other in a ragdoll hilariously? Yeah, they fall down. Okay, good. Yeah, they, do they little, sort of hurt, like roll around holding their shin. If they get really hurt, yeah, they don't soccer. do it. They don't do it for they don't do it um for for performance like you would in soccer. It's because that's they that wouldn't pass the license. But like the first time we played it, we had five red cards, which is obscene. So we only had five people on the field at the that end of the game. You just cleated guys' heads off. Yeah, basically. yeah, it was just yeah, it was terrible. You're just doing some challenge. It soccer. was just like you'd run right at a guy and just power kick him in the chest. <laughs> I approve. So, but, uh, so you and Adam are not the best soccer team. We started really poorly, but like again, it feels like it has this curve where if you learn to kind of like play cooperatively given the rule set, like you could become ultra dominant. And I don't know if Adam has any interest in getting that good, but I did. Now I just play with myself. But um, it's fun. <laughs> it's a really good entry level. I've never played a soccer game, and if you're going to get into, if you feel like you want to get into a sports game, it feels like the FIFA World Cup one that just came out Sweet. would be. Everybody totally checked out. It was so funny. I, <laughs> readers, you should know that as I told you that story about FIFA World Cup, they were all looking at their iPhones. Sorry, uh, the readers <laughs> aren't like, listening right now. Oh. <laughs> we can, you can cut all that out. They're all looking at their phones. If you want to cut all that out, you're welcome to. No, it's no we're in. It's, okay. There. Sorry. You cleated a guy's cat. face off and then blood went spraying all over the field. So yeah, and it, that, said, it said fatality. And it said fatality. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. And then I did it again and it said toasty. It was awesome. I was reading, I was reading about the new Mortal Kombat uh, on Gama Sutra. Um, oh yeah, Chris. So Chris used to work. Yeah, wrote him an interview. Did an interview. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I hadn't really heard much about it. I mean, except that I guess they're doing a new one. Who's and doing it? Because Midway doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's the, the same, same group guys. of people, but owned by uh, it's Warner Sh- now. Midway. Oh, okay. It's, it's still. It's, they renamed themselves Nether Realm Studios. <laughs> <Yep>. Sorry. <laughs> You just did a Mortal Kombat laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like the game over screen laugh for Mortal Kombat. I wasn't laughing at your company name. Yes, my, you were. My company no, name. them, the reader yeah. who is listening to this and works at who Nether works Regions. Nether Realm Studio. Nether Regions. <laughs> I'm not laughing at, at your Nether Regions. <laughs> <laughs> Crotch Soft Inc. 
Uh, beep beep ink. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was reading about how they, you know, the last thing they did was Mortal Kombat versus DC, you know, and it was like T rated yeah. and stuff. And they were like, okay, so it's been a long time since there was like a core franchise Mortal Kombat. We're kind of we're kind of rebooting it. We're kind of make it. They're gonna reboot like a new it. Thing. And and I was like, all right, because the thing I had thought of basically in the past was like, okay, Mortal Kombat is very early '90s. You know, you uppercut a guy and he flies in the air and there's a big blood it's fountain. A spike and stuff. up there. But like. You know, like, th- there could be a version of Mortal Kombat where it was more just like, like, you know, UFC, you know, like, like, dudes a, beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, Dark Knight, like, like, like they're gonna actually more like, it up. like, dudes that, you know, were just trying to kill each well, other. There was that in horrible a trailer fight. that the fan trailer that came out of the movie. I didn't see that. They, oh, my God. Um, it was gross. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, nodding. He so, so I don't know, because it just feels like. So so anyway, I was thinking, oh, are they going to do something where it's more like, you know, just dudes having a fight and it's, you know, blood but sport. One of them can freeze a guy. Uh, and, and then I was reading the interview and it was like, yeah, so, you know, we've been having meetings to, you know, come up with crazy fatalities and we act them out. And I'm like, oh, okay, so it's more. And we act them out? Yeah. You know. There's like in the design room throwing each other through. Well, I mean, I'm sure ripping out spines, punching off three heads. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. So, so it sounds like it sounds like it's just going to kind of be Mortal Kombat to HD. I mean, uh, which you know, I was I could I was be incredibly wrong. A Mortal Kombat thing could be interesting. You know, I think that moment is past. But yeah. I don't think we care so much about guys getting uh, eviscerated on spikes or grinders. Try playing God of War three. That's different. Go on. We were at some, just after work, a bunch of people went to someone's apartment to just drink and eat pizza and play video games, and someone had the like latest Wii Mortal Kombat, and it has a character in it named MoCap, who is just a dude in a black uh, leotard what? with really? mask and a bunch of ping pong balls, and that made what? Me That's awesome. Unlocked by default is a ping pong ball guy, oh, so man, that, that's that really was good. pretty good. I the rest of that game was complete garbage, but... <laughs> Uh, what game was this? It was whatever the the latest. Because well, the most recent one is Mortal Kombat versus DC. I think. Oh, it's like it was it like is. the last core Mortal Kombat game that came out. Yeah. It has like three hundred thousand selectable characters, and one of them is MoCap. That's hilarious. It's not M O apostrophe Cap. Uh, it's not unfortunately, like, <laughs> it's not like Morton Capsworth, whose name is actually MoCap. Yeah, that's too bad. I don't know. I, I guess I just Mort- I I like at Morty. least I at least Morty like Cap. conceptually the idea of like. Uh, Teasing things out to their logical conclusion and just being sort of like, what does what would Mortal Kombat represent in the real world? You know, but yeah, oh, yeah. it's not a thing. That's interesting, but it's that's not, not what thing. it is. Say, Levy, uh, anything? What what else went on in the world of video game news this week? Anything exciting? Rita I mean, Mail. aside from Chris talk- Remo. Yeah, that seemed that was higher. the thing that really blew up all the tweets. Was Chris Remo at Irrational Games? Been blown. The number yeah. of congratulations you got was retarded. People love you, Chris. It's yeah. just me. I love. <laughs> you registered a number of uh, Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope that made you feel good. I tried. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, reader mail. Yeah, yeah what do readers have to say? Do you want to take a break or do you want to just do this? I have some selected. No, let's let's just fucking do it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were just related to the reader podcast. Mail. Rock and roll. Web lock lock and load. <laughs> reader mail. Miles, Miles Casey Nestor says <laughs> Hi. Oh, Hi, Miles. <laughs> Hi, Chris, Steve, and Jake, and Sean, and or Nick. Uh, I was thinking, no, no, he's no, not here. No, he no. thought this would be read at the PAX. Hey, panel. Nick, they're talking about you on the cast. Oh, cool. He's gonna hey, stay over there. It's fine. Um, I was thinking. He's so he says. I was thinking about dialogue systems, and I thought I would chime in. Um, for example, in D and D, a real person actually reacts to the things you choose to say. That's leaps and bounds ahead of what a what the hell. 
<laughs> Steve is I'm like doing sniffling. a line of coke off his shoulder. <laughs> I was sniffling. I was trying to do it away from the microphone, but I guess everybody oh, you already knows? to make fun of me. Do you no. need tissue? Just sniffling. Oh, okay. Let me know if you need a tissue. So Mark... So he says, a real person reacting oh. to things you choose to say is leaps and bounds ahead of what a program can do. Um, that I, I don't mind most of the problems with dialogue. My main problems with dialogue systems uh, is when they're inconsistent or don't reflect knowledge or prior actions because that breaks the illusion of interaction even more. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Alpha Protocol was fine because I realized the, the smarmy choice was to be a douche, um, not add levity. The professional choice was a goody two-shoes agent. Aggressive was dude trying to get shit done, so he talks about that for a while. Um, and also then he says, being a douche. Then he uh. says, when dialogue systems fail at this, though, it can be jarring. For example, in Mass Effect 2, uh, at one point, you meet up with the human who survived the first for the first game, Ashley, in my case. Your first Paragon-esque dialogue choice is something akin to saying hi to a friend you haven't seen in a while. And uh, understandably, Ash and I got mad. After telling you off for being a douche, she accuses you of failing to get in contact with her. Wait, I thought, Councilman Anderson refused to give me your contact information uh, when I asked about her because of my connections, so I should probably say something about that. However, the choice to mention that never came up. Shepard never acknowledged my choice to talk to Anderson about her. The story was designed to imply Shepard was too busy to think about her, even though that was not the case. It actually makes that moment one of the most frustrating in the game for me. Um, he has another long example from McAllen too, but it's really long. Oh, um, really? Anyway. That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> I, uh, no, I totally agree with him on that. I completely that agree. That me fucking bonkers. Yeah, that. I mean... Yeah. And it happens in Mass Effect 2 a lot. And that's just a byproduct of there being... Specifically for that stuff, it's super 500 good. million yeah. pages of content, you know, like... Yeah, I We know, have a hard time with that in episodic content. Where I'm it's sure. Like, oh, did the player do this or the player done this? And, like, you want them to come back and be like, hey, that thing you did over here that I know about. Um, that's when dialogue systems are awesome and work. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, I I tried to, or you know, which is a I, failure. I did play some amount of. Uh, I mean, I played the original Fallout when it came out, uh, and I've replayed it a couple times, you know, in the following years. But I hadn't played it in a long time, and then picked it back up somewhat recently. And yeah, like the degree to which they just didn't really support any of that in fairly flagrant ways was really frustrating to yeah. me. Like you would go like in uh in junk town um where there's a fairly cool setup but there's like a crime boss and there's the sheriff that also runs a store and you can decide who to back or whatever you know like the whole thing is okay you can go kill the crime boss and i did and then i went back and talked to the sheriff and he's like so you better watch out for that crime boss don't want to get on his bad side right and like that kind of just thing is so him, common in games just yeah. killed him you were there you know yeah. just like stuff like that is yeah. yeah it's really rough when you're just like video game this is no longer real uh which is too bad yep um the yeah the mass effect 2 thing seems more minor than that but yeah it's just the kind of thing where but it's the kind of thing where they you're that's like the moment when ideally you should be emotionally connected to the game yeah. you know i mean it's obviously yeah. it's arguable whether you are any yeah. person is but like that's yeah. the time when it's most important it's like this entire scene because at least when you killed the crime boss that was the actual thing that happened was the crime boss died like in this case the entire emotional center of that scene is nothing but the reuniting of these two people right and when it just totally drops the ball on that it's like, yeah oh, well, well fuck, you just ruined it yeah i mean that's also like that's a, that's across two games right no like, no oh, i no, thought no, it was no. from mass effect one no no I mean, oh. who, who is still alive is from Mass Effect 1, but, right. like, the whole thing of did I talk to Anderson about them yet yeah. or not. You can go oh, try true, to contact true, true. this person in Mass Effect uh -huh. 2 and not be able to. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can't say, like, I tried to get in contact with you. I really did. And, like, this... I get you. You know, there were channels that were prevented. Like, you know, they, they don't have to allow for every possibility. They just have to allow for the fact that you acknowledge there was a possibility. I yeah. understand. I mean, one in, someone in that situation, you just have to be sure that you're committed 
to yeah acknowledging everything that you give the player a choice about basically right. yeah. yeah that's it's a it's a bold move to let you reference a deliberately let the player reference a character earlier in the game and then have them show up and ignore the fact that you, yeah well yeah game. that's probably the game being well, that, written by two different people in two yeah. different rooms at the yeah. same it reminds time. me it's not really the same thing but we never talked about the uh that new yorker podcast should we talk about that? I mean, what we is can it? save it, I guess, if you want. If we no, already we can talk, we can about, talk about, it, about so. it for a second. It was just there was a thing that I found on the Idle forums, and so it's you know it's on the internet. It's been talked about in a few places, but it was just it was an interview that the New Yorker magazine podcast did with a novelist who wrote an article about playing video games with his kid, and yeah, uh, it was good because it's it's a you know a guy who's blatantly a little older than us, you know. Uh, he's a writer. Yeah, he's a, he's a writer who doesn't really play video games. Didn't get a video game console for his kid until a couple of years ago. And then uh, he finally started playing games with this kid. And the, the first game that he played was Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> but <laughs> How uh, old is this kid? 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But uh, it basically, he said all the sort of things that I always would like someone to say who observes video games from the outside. And it was, it was refreshing. So what were should, the things that he said? Uh, he, like, the, the basic gist of it was, it was almost like the, it was actually, it was funny because it was the exact opposite of like, Ebert's assumptions about what games are mainly yeah. probably doesn't doesn't fucking play a game. But this guy is is he was saying you know he's playing through these games and he was just struck by seeing everything and seeing these little details and realizing everything in this game, everything that is placed in this game, everything that's modeled in this game, everything that's represented. This is a choice that a human made. Like whether it was you know there for a good reason or not. Like everything here someone had to create. This is entirely virtual. There's nothing. It's not like going out and filming a, a movie where you can find a great location and you can yeah. luck out, but you're not going to place all the buildings and trees and everything. I mean, yeah. you know. It, he, he compared it very specifically to when he writes a novel and he's, yeah. you know, you pick out things that you've seen in life or that you think are interesting and you put them Choose into a, and you put them into a them. thing that was nothing before that. And it was, yeah. it was, it was nice uh, and cool to just hear an interview with a dude who was like, yeah, this, these fascinating games. And he's talking about, you know, like Uncharted 2. Yeah, he's and, talking about playing Uncharted 2. And I think in the article, he talks about playing Red Dead and yeah, just Red Dead walking out to, to these vistas or like looking out over in Nepal or wherever the hell it is in Uncharted and just being like, dude, all right, people are making stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and it's funny because I mean, they didn't, uh, they, they briefly mentioned Ebert on the podcast, but they didn't really go into it. But I, I thought that was so interesting because Ebert seems to have the exact opposite notion of how video game exists which is that it's somehow some kind of like self-replicating computer like when ebert talks about why games can't be art he's like it's because people can do anything they want in them and no one you know in in real art it's because the person who created it has decided what's there but in a video game you have a choice to do whatever and that's I don't think he right understands. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he understands that even within a possibility space, that space like, had to be crafted. The I mean, exact the limits bounds of that, of that yeah, space. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people well, can even do things. Even beyond art. Yeah, like what you're. Yeah, people can do things that surprise a designer, but on, still only within the context of the provided well, systems. I yeah, mean, that's still because a designer built a system that allows that surprises allows surprise. To exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's weird to me that Ebert made such a big deal out of something that is clearly just a. A misunderstanding. That's not to say he would like video games if he was corrected on that. I'm sure he wouldn't. But, you know, he really did get a lot of hay out of that. And it was nice hearing this guy who who comes in from an equally, initially equally uninformed position, but actually tries the thing yeah. and, and makes the correct observation, which is, no, this is all human creation. I mean, yeah. someone sat down and made this goddamn thing. I think, yeah, I think there's, I think there's sort of, I don't know. Yeah. It, it feels like we are at a point in time where an outsider to just gaming, you know, as 
a thing that somebody pays attention to can come and look at games and kind of like you were saying like through a surrogate like through their son you know yeah. that gives them an excuse to play it can see them and be like holy shit legitimate things are being created yeah. here weird you know like i mean that the book extra lives by tom bissell, tom bissell you know yeah. like he had played games on and off you know like for his whole life or whatever but like it was kind of he said around 2007 when we know a bunch of amazing games like portal and you know mario galaxy and the original bioshock and stuff came out that he you know picked some stuff up and started playing it was like holy shit things like yeah. you know this, exactly this might actually be like a real that's like, the exact thing reaction that's going on you know which is awesome that's just like okay if you actually look and pay attention people without the background in you know years and years of gaming can tell that really interesting stuff is being done with the yeah. medium so and, and that, that that topic i think relates to this other reader mail someone wrote something? Oh, yeah yeah oh, i was gonna oh, no, i was gonna tell a brief thing about like that's the exact experience that i just had um showing somebody who hadn't seen games uh -huh. she was like interested in games we sat down we played portal and limbo two very and she had two very different reactions to them with portal it was more about my reaction to her playing it because i just gave her the controller and she hadn't touched an analog stick in her life and like watching her just kind of like ease her way out of that first little pod that you're in and slowly go around corners mm -hmm. while she's learning the controls but also just kind of interested in the space was like watching somebody role play that character hmm. and also because huh. like she's female the character is female yeah and then like as she gets to like the third room she's like can i can i die and i was like yeah you can die she's like because I've been really nervous, like, and just watching her creep yeah. through the space, yeah. and like, she got all the way to the end, or to the one, to like the fifteenth one, and then yeah, I kind of yeah. like helped her through that. But then we threw in limbo, and it was like she couldn't. Like, this is like, this is what people are making. Like, people are making these things that are actually statements and actually choices. And like, yeah. why did they choose to make this game like this? And I was like, because they wanted to say something. Like, they wanted to make a a thing, Ebert. <laughs> yeah. yeah i really felt that way about it's kind of cool that that's where games yeah. are yeah where, like people know that they exist but they know them that they, they exist via modern warfare 2 commercials and what world of warcraft is and or like, just yeah or just legacy thoughts about you know space invaders games or whatever, grown still, up you know yeah. or like whatever they, happened to pac-man yeah asks they, a fox news anchor three yeah, years ago right they, they played you know mario like super mario yeah. on the snes when they were like 10 and then didn't oh, really play any yeah. more games or whatever yeah well like, I mean, Limbo, when, I, I had that same sensation when I played it, especially at the beginning. I was just like, man, people are making real things. You know, like, I, I, felt, I, felt that weird, I felt that weird feeling of being, like, jealous of the generation that's growing up now. Because mm -hmm. it's like, the people that made Limbo are making it because they played Mario when they were a kid. And their brain extrapolated out, oh, this could be about childhood. So think now it's like pe people who didn't have to go through yeah, and stupid... <laughs> like weird like pantomime shit and just experience yeah, it's, starting at noir yeah like, it's it's like yeah. people people growing like up now movies. people that are like you know eight or ten now they have an xbox they could load up limbo and like they're starting from the point of like video games can be expression like this you know and like mean different things to different people and and be a mirror of their creator so we're just going to start with that as an assumption which is f fucking awesome uh i i wish i could be that you know, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I get it's you great. a role in the new baby movie. Like that. <laughs> college, college baby yeah, too. I get you a role in college baby too. And you can start from there. Grad graduate school. Yeah. yeah. Baby, baby back to basics. Oh, college, <laughs> college oh, baby dear. has a baby. <laughs> yes. Ah! <laughs> yeah. And it's you and it's, it's hot scoops. Yeah. That baby starts out as a fully grown adult. 
No, it's just a tiny little body with Steve's head on it. Oh, okay. They composite yeah. my face. And you're, and no it's one you, do it's that. You in front of, no one make that photo. You, in front of a you, you still also don't shot. talk for yourself, and they've they've uh, like motion matched Tom Hanks's mouth over your yeah. mouth. Yeah. And it's you sitting in front of your Xbox being like, all I know is expression. It's going to be really arty and Nothing cool. good is oh, happening. Right. This is a good movie. Yeah. Baby, baby, too. So, Back to baby basics. What, what, what was the other reader mail that related to this? Yeah, sorry. The, the other email, email that reminded me of this, and it's certainly I, probably something we've talked about before, but Video Jared, Jared Garst writes, why are there Star gamers? Card. I spend more time reading and watching TV than playing games. I'm not called a reader or a watcher, but people... We call you readers we all, call the you readers all the time. <laughs> you but people bitch. do refer to me as a gamer. Why is this? The implication seems to be that I should relate to other gamers, but I understand that they are an undesirable, dangerous youth element. Jared Gust. I think it's a popular <laughs> literacy issue. It's just it's yeah, the new but, thing. That, that's exactly like, that's what yeah. it is. That, that, I, yeah, there's still a Do you have a line. literacy or not? Well, also just... There's a still dividing line between people that do play games exactly. and people that don't. Right. That, that's why you have people like this who can go and play you know, Uncharted 2 and, and Modern Warfare 2 or whatever and play these games and be so surprised and be so taken aback because for, for as long as they've known about games, or at least as long as they've known about the past several generations of games, it's been this thing that like gamers do. Yeah. He even talked about that. If you listen to the beginning of the podcast, he says, you know, I was really reticent to pick up that controller because that seems like I'm making this choice to like step into this virtual world and like identify right, with like, this thing and it like becomes like a life choice a lifestyle yeah, choice right yeah. exactly touch a console controller. yeah yeah and yet, even when he's talking about it, he's like you know my friend and his kids they play these games and you know the way he says it you just wouldn't you don't ever talk about things that way unless it's certain things like video games you know it's it's not it's like it's a conscious thing that you have to do which certainly keeps video games within the same stylistic uh kind of corral you know i mean it's certainly a big part of that mm -hmm. because people who might be interested in other settings and other topics and other themes. You know, he was saying at the end of the podcast, the interviewer asked him, would you like to write for video games? Would you like to do? And he said, you know, I, if someone gave me the opportunity, I'd love to be one of the people who sits there and like decides what goes where and, and, and yeah, what well, you do. It but was interesting that he didn't want to write for games. What he wanted to do was sit there and like examine, create the world. Like he wants to yeah. create the world. He wants, he said he wants to look at a leaf and then figure out how to yeah. algorithmically make it catch and reflect, refract uh, light. And yeah. Like, what? But but he That's, also that made me you know, really happy though like whatever That's yeah no cool. it was cool but then after that he said you know but the game he really wants to see is one that's actually about people and how they yeah. truly interact in the world and not how like you know he was talking about how gorgeous he thought Uncharted Two was but obviously it's still this like it's a goofy ridiculous story. goofy yeah. thing yeah mm -hmm. I mean it's preposterous still but you know he was saying he would really like to see games that are actually about how real people actually interact with each other which is you know it's a shame that you have to like wish for that because it's re no other but it's hard to do it is yeah. really it's, hard to no do. no I, it's probably the hardest thing we have yeah no absolutely yeah. it's just a shame because you know it's certainly it's maybe not super common to find like a big hollywood picture that actually represents people in a believable oh, genuine way very but easy. you can certainly can do it like yeah. yeah i mean well yeah it's very same, same goes with literature to even more extent and even mm -hmm. television these days yeah. and, uh, I, I feel like I mean the positive thing about that to me is that it's sort of like I feel like that's the same kind of thing that a lot of game developers or just people who think about games a lot also feel yeah I, I don't know it feels like it's it's really cool to me actually when it's like okay people that are super immersed in making and playing games wish we could make a game just about people talking and then like somebody coming from the outside that just kind of looks at them semi cursory you know level is like these are cool i wish you could 
have a game about people. Right, and like, it's like, here's okay, where well, I would go for the next thing. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. maybe it, it's, it seems good to me that the aspirations of the people making the games and... Some of the people making the games. A lot of the people making the games, like people who talk about this shit and people that look at them, like those things kind of seem to coincide at some point where it's like, okay, maybe if we start to achieve that on some level, it will actually be able to draw in yeah. more people and no, make them true. care about it. So, um, might be a ways off, but... Uh, well, there are, but I also don't think we're going to get to a point, I mean, to the reader's question, and this could be, I mean, I, you guys might completely disagree with me, but I don't see culture getting to a point where that changes. Like, I don't think games are going to be ubiquitous. Yeah, I kinda, because you, I you learn to read well. in school, you learn to watch movies by being a person who can see. Right. Like, the literacy of having to, of becoming a gamer is completely different. It has, it's a learned skill. That's, to, that's true of. to a certain degree, but if you just pop out of a womb into a house that has an Xbox controller, it's a lot more natural a thing than if than when that shows up when you're in high school. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, but nobody's yeah. going to give nobody's going to put you through the coursework unless it's your parent. No, you know? I don't know. Well, that, that's still, the, and the thing is that's your parent doesn't have really... to actively try to do that. I mean the reason I play games is because well, my parents wouldn't let me have consoles and so I didn't ever have any consoles, but mm -hmm. I just figured out how to play games on my PC. And I mean that was I did that as a kid. Yeah, I'm just saying you know, popularly I, like you can't like if you live in America today, you can't escape the other two things because you're going one of them. You're going to be taught in school. Yeah, well, well, that said, but, but I think probably as a, a lot child of kids growing up, you can't really escape some form of video games. Yeah, like you also, or your friend I, I, will have one. I think I do. Sure. I write. You know, we write a lot of stories on this for for Gama Sutra. You but know, you still have to make a choice. And you don't. You don't make a choice. I think the, the, the amount of time kids spend voluntarily reading probably pretty low compared sure. to how much time they. Spend but they don't get to make a games. choice about whether they learn to read or not. In no, Western but you, society, you, but but that's different than actually using that to read a novel. I mean, you also read in a video game and watching TV, and I mean, not to the same in depth extent, but I mean, reading is a general skill. Sure, reading a book is a conscious decision you have to make. Right, but the, I'm talking about only general skills here. The how to is still there's a barrier to entry with video games. You have to make yeah. a choice to learn the but how to. It's way easier to yeah to, to, to gain facility at progressing through a video game than to read the English language. Sure. Like, I mean, like, for, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a stupid fucking example that is douchey, but you know, like before Bioshock 2 came out, my girlfriend wanted to play it. And so she played through Bioshock 1 up through, you know, after the Andrew Ryan stuff and then, uh, played through Bioshock 2 and at the beginning of Bioshock 1, she was the same way that your new gamer was, where she was like, she couldn't look in the direction she was walking mm -hmm. and she played on easy and everything. And by the time she finished Bioshock 2, she was full resources and playing on medium difficulty mm -hmm. and it's like if you can progress from don't know how to look where i'm walking mm -hmm. to whooping the game's ass on normal difficulty in the span of you know like 12 16 hours of gameplay like it's not that hard you just like you said have to make the decision okay i'm gonna pick up the controller and try to do this thing right. and then you can do it and i think most kids these days are exposed to that at least sometimes that is totally know? fair and true but the the point is that Sean is saying is just in school you're taught to read whether or not you wish to use it yeah. and your eyeballs exist to observe things passively yeah. so television and movies are consumed yeah, yeah. by default for sure like Rachel sorry I don't know if I'm allowed to say Rachel you, you, you she, already she, said Rachel <laughs> she uh you love to say it she would not person lady goo she wouldn't have spent that 12 hours if you hadn't made that's absolutely true too. that's absolutely true but she still would have been able to read a sentence or look at a picture of something that moves yeah absolutely i but i think it's it's also a generational I, thing as we're going forward i think the yeah i think it's a thing that kids are just going to pick up and play more is, like yeah like more and more common. you don't 
whatever. You yeah. you grew up like in as whatever, a first world thing. Weird town, know, obviously. <laughs> Fuck you. But I mean, literacy is higher in the first probably, world. It was like, weird town as well. I mean, I got my first console when I lived in Texas. I lived in, you know, a city. And then I moved to a small town and still had video games. But yeah, yeah, I just think... I was picturing you I like living in wherever... Where, where is it? In Wyoming? Yeah, like wrestling like animals cabin? to the ground and stuff. That happened, yeah, too, yeah. as well, in childhood. addition. I, but I, I mean, another like, to the point... Yeah. I mean, we can move on, actually. Well, I don't know. I, I just feel like... The, video games. Uh, well, that's so, the thing. Is aside like, from the, the ubiquity of them being there, they're, they're, the forms of them are also just spreading it just like diversifying as we go forward too where you know you don't have to know what a video game controller is to play iphone games for instance right you know, also just so. like don't worry about being called a gamer just like be somebody who likes games like i think i think people i think a lot of the culture plays into that as well yeah no absolutely you know and i think it's like yeah i think that label will apply to a smaller and smaller subset of yeah people it, it applies to yeah. the community right. that's kind of engages it's, 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 that is a gamer yeah. 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 it's more of a lifestyle choice we're now called the core gamer so to speak <laughs> yeah <laughs> monocles yeah it'll probably morph into at some point you know not super long from now where you only hear it in the context of calling someone like a hardcore gamer and if you just play games sometimes you just play games sometimes and there isn't a word for that kind of like watching movies or whatever but you know if you're a reader there are people who like burn through three novels Well, if you listen to the Out of Thumbs podcast. <laughs> right, then you're definitely <laughs> a reader. I mean. No, I mean, you, you can't pe- think of people as being like a bookworm or yeah, a yeah. big reader. Or Cinef- or cinephiles and bookworms. Yeah, you know, yeah. where it's like, oh, they go home every night and like read multiple chapters of a book, you mm-hmm. know, and like there's those people. Yeah. We do have a name for them, right? Nerds. Nerds. Fucking squares. What else you got, Chris? Or what uh, do the readers have? We're, we're, we have more, but we, we should probably save it. Yeah. Let's save it. For, for the next episode. Yeah. One of the we're infinite. Gonna try to do yeah. yeah, we're gonna try to, to keep this going for, until Chris is literally on an airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and until we're sitting in a literally empty apartment with just four microphones <laughs> yeah. on and the floor. The, yeah. the, the cleaning service, like I, we, we, he already got the deposit. Why are you here? <laughs> hey, it's our guest on the podcast. Come here, come here. Come here. You play video games. What? <laughs> no. I'm not a up. gamer. I didn't. Oh, I'm not really. I, I didn't play wanna, those I don't, games. I don't play those, play those games. games. <laughs> yeah. All right, bye. Video games. Bye. Take care. Be well. Say something, Steve. Bye, guys. Video games. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? You sure? You seem a little blue. Or glum. (laughs) I think I'm normal. I feel normal. You look normal. I know. I think that covers all the... Fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Ghosts just start coming, <laughs> coming out of your ears. <laughs> out of my face. Just, uh, just sort of from your uh, pores. Uh, <laughs> Ghosts coming from your pores like the Play-Doh Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> what? They form full ghosts after that. Disgusting. But your face is a ghost meat grinder. Horrible. <laughs> It's fine. And we have a podcast. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, did Jake tell you how pissed off he was that the last podcast was not called The Ghost in the Shell? Oh. The guy on the forum said that. I was like, no. (laughs) No. Best name ever. No. I was so disappointed. We wouldn't have come up with that, but it's such a good name. Yeah. Some people ask why choose the moon? Why choose this as our goal? Yeah. To those people, I would ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon, Steve. 
we choose to go to the moon uh, and do the other things for some other reasons because it's going to be tough to do. So might as well try it. Give me $2 billion. We're going to go to the fucking moon. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Why does Chris Remo like the moon? I think no atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Low gravity. <laughs> he digs that. He's into that. He likes um, <laughs> astronaut footprints. <laughs> I like a thing that he's into. <laughs> All right. Do we have enough mic tests now? Or things around the That's why Chris likes the moon. Astronaut footprints. That's pretty awesome. They don't move because of the previous two oh, things. Fuck. Well, mostly the first my one. Favorite thing you've ever said. Fuck Chris. Congrats, Chris. Yeah. Fuck Chris. Fuck Chris. Congrats, Chris. Fuck Chris. Enjoy working at Bethesda. Far Cry 2. Far Cry 2, Wizard. It's. No, it's it's. I'm trying to do the it's. All right, do it. I'm going to start my stopwatch.